Oh, hey, y'all. Welcome to the uh, almost weekend edition of the Robert Scott Bell Show. Getting ready to crank it up for health, freedom, and healing liberty all across planet Earth. Well, anywhere that's receiving this signal, <laughs> despite being banned and platformed multiple times. And we've got folks on board today on this show that have been banned and deplatformed multiple times as well. Thematically, lately, we've been doing a lot of powerful women shows on Fridays heading into the weekend. Don't know if it's orchestrated on purpose or not, but I'm thrilled with today. We've got Courtney Turner, who I met recently, and I was on her uh, podcast, uh, which is terrific. And then she got the platform, not because of me, I don't think. Anyway, we'll talk about that. But she's got a story of overcoming things in her life that is just so profound. In an hour or two, I've been wanting to interview this woman, amazing, Dr. Naomi Wolf. Hour two, Naomi Wolf is scheduled to join us to head into the weekend. Uh, there's a lot I want to talk to her about. And her intellectual integrity in particular is what I'm intrigued about and how many how many friends has she lost because of her intellectual integrity and more. So stick around for that. Share the show. We're probably not going out live on Facebook Live. They've still got the kibosh on us for some reason, unknown, unbeknownst to us because they won't tell us. Uh, but share the show, robertscottbell.com slash listen. The chat room is live and happening. I'll see you there in just a moment. Let's get this healing party started now. The Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. Well, I'd really like to lighten it up heading into the weekend as we try to. Sometimes we are successful. Sometimes it's just maybe not possible. Maybe there'll be lighthearted moments in this uh, this broadcast for you. Or maybe even when we talk about serious and I bring up serious uh, discussion points with folks, it's still to some degree lighthearted, even though some of the topics can feel heavy. We, uh, you know, heading into the weekend lately, we've been hitting some really amazing shows with some very powerful women with ha who have extraordinary stories of overcoming incredible odds, if you want to call it that. And that theme continues today. Courtney Turner joins us in hour one. We schedule Naomi Wolf, I'm sorry, Dr. Naomi Wolf in hour two. And I look forward to both of these conversations, uh, both empowering, not just to women, but it's, it, it is still fascinating to see how women have been the primary leaders for bodily autonomy for a long time. Now, for some of you, of course, we know the controversy of the abortion issue, which we'll probably talk about with Naomi Wolf more uh, than not. Uh, and that's been part of this so-called my body, my choice movement. But really what I'm talking about is the women who have been leaders in my child's body, my choice, right? And that extended to the adult that you are as a woman, a man or anything, my body, my choices, it relates to injections that you don't want. How horrific is it? You know, we hear about rape of any kind. And yet certain segments of our population are unwilling or unable through cognitive dissonance or other reasons to see that the violation of your body, whether it be a sexual assault, that's not really about sex, but about power or a medical assault in the guise of a syringe piercing your body, entering your body is a supreme violation. And yes, I think it falls under the definition of some form of rape, in this case, medical rape. And the vast majority of recipients of rape throughout history have been women. Not all, but that's the majority. We know that. And so when we talk about em empowering women to be, you know, have bodily autonomy in that context. I don't think there's much controversy in that. Yet the broader perspective of bodily autonomy for your children and you and men at any age 
is 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 lost you know within the so-called mainstream or legacy media when we discuss the abusive assault and violation of our fundamental bodily integrity via drugs and or injections vaccines if you want to call them that or even surgery against our will or the controversy of targeting children for gender reassignment surgery before the age of majority when they have at least an ability to make an informed decision as an adult, they've established themselves. They, they, you know, whatever they feel at that point, like there's this, um, this woman that's now a man, apparently, um, she's do you super Don, do you remember that, that movie Juno many years ago? Um, gosh, I'm trying to remember the actress and Ellen page was her name. I think Ellen page was her name. Did you ever see that now, now known as Elliot page, Elliot I remember page that movie. right? Yeah. yeah. And she's, in I a, thought it was a, a good movie. Oh, yeah. Juno was a great movie. Yeah. It was a terrific movie. Now she has transitioned. Apparently, I don't know the details of it. She's in a, 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 I think it's a Netflix show called The Umbrella Academy, and she was Ellie, Ellen Page, and now she's Elliot Page this season because she transitioned in real life. And but as an adult, you know, look more power to her or him in terms of a decision about your own body and your own future. Right. The controversy I see, Super D, and I think you and I both agree, and many people do, is when you're targeting minors for reassignment in that way before they're adults. Because most of uh, uh, adults agree that children cannot make certain decisions until they're 18, and then they are of legal authority and age to do so. And yet right. we've seen certain segments of our population say, hey, hey, younger and younger kids can make decisions about their bodies that could end up terminating their lives, like it, like vaccines, for instance. Right. And so there's a disconnect, cognitive dissonance or disconnect in some of our discussions of bodily autonomy when it comes to something as controversial as, you know, these gender issues. And, and I, you know, when somebody's an adult, okay. But when you're targeting children, not okay. And I, I think that should be a very, pretty straightforward, not controversial place. It's a hot button issue. It really yeah. is, you know. Um, yeah. You know, the, the, the trans thing mm -hmm. has opened up a lot of different, issues for people to be concerned about or to be upset about whether we're yeah. talking about laws that they're trying to pass um you know uh, uh, you know with, with 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 the what do they call it the the treatment that they get when they're when they're when young to block their puberty you know and all that kind of stuff puberty you know blocking drugs yeah uh, you know. or or with the the people competing in sports you know and, and stuff like that it's it's created a lot of, I, lot I of think debate and a lot of controversy I think I'm comfortable saying that these people that are pro transitioning children have lost their minds. Yeah, it's it's nuts, especially when you yeah. get into. I mean, young yeah. kids, you know, preteens and stuff mm -hmm. like that. It's like you know, they're kids at that age. They don't they're they're not trans. They're impressionable. You know, I mean, exactly. it's, it's you yeah. know at that point, and so it's like you know, my, uh, super Don, My daughter's uh, almost seventeen. She's in yeah. high school. She's entering her senior year. And she tell and, and and the school she's in is a very religious conservative school, but she says yeah she has some girlfriends there that friends who happen to be girls that are uh, uh, gender confused a bit, and 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 I'm like okay uh, that, that may be the case. She says what do you think that is? She she says they get into my this is my daughter at almost 17 saying they get into all of these things online where they see all of these things, the political and other things, and 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 they're confused honestly just with all the flow of information. And whether they are genuinely, when they become adults, going to transit, I don't know. But uh, there's so much. Uh, Back discord. when we were kids, yeah. mm -hmm. and if you saw a girl that liked to, you know, 
do stuff, you know, hang out with guys and, and work on cars and, you know, what, what did they were known as, they were called tomboys. Remember that? Tomboys, right. I mean, yeah. that's just, you know, it's just what yeah. they, they just it had different it wasn't interests that and stuff, you know? Yeah. yeah. But now, I, I mean, they know. want to take a tomboy and say, you want to be a boy, really, in real life. Right. And you want to transition your, your organs that make you unique as a woman yeah. or vice versa. So I, I bring that up only because we're going to be talking about some, I, I think, some intense discussion, great, great discussions with a couple of, you know, really amazing women today. But before we get there, also, I want to uh, uh, send my condolences to the family of Zev Zelenko. I, I am so sorry we never got to interview Dr. Zelenko on this show, but I want to acknowledge his good works as a physician to help many people treat them uh, for what's called COVID with various degrees of, of older drugs. We talk about the classic uh, now hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin, uh, zinc, vitamin C and other things. And yes, he saved many people's lives. He was willing to stand up and speak out, not go silently, not go quietly into the night. And uh, he lost his uh, battle with cancer. Um, we can get into the nuances of the, the things that he chose to do, but that's not the point of me bringing this up. It's to acknowledge this man who is willing to speak out, who is not, you know, one of those people. I mean, obviously Jewish man, but he's not one that you ask the question of what would you do if you lived in pre-Nazi or Nazi developing Germany? Would you have gone quietly into the night, stayed quiet as, you know, Others were being taken away because it didn't affect you. He was not a man that would stand for it. He would fight. And he proved that in his life. And God bless you, Zev Zelenko. I know you're in a better place. And, um, you know, I know a lot of people are mourning his loss. And we just appreciate him. And, and speaking of um, uh, concern I have for the, the living even, uh, our good friend, my good friend, Michael Badnarik, who uh, I still anticipate and am intending to, have a Independence Day spectacular with him like I do every year and have since we met back in 04, 05, uh, when he was running for president as the Libertarian Party nominee, is back in the hospital. Um, and he was having difficulty breathing, although his blood oxygen saturation levels were, were fine. But he's, like I said, on his 11th life. So if you want to say a prayer or send some love and support to Michael Badnark, he doesn't want texts and messages and be bothered. He's already bothered enough by the hospital that don't you know they never let you sleep in a hospital but he's been in and out for a long time now and uh just you know sending my love and prayers as well and support for michael badnarik uh that he comes back out and we can do another independence day spectacular we had a great time with him uh, joining me at the uh, advanced medicine conference in san antonio texas i want to thank uh dr rasha Bittar for inviting him to be the keynote luncheon speaker as well so, uh, in addition to those stories, I'm just going to briefly mention here. I, I just went long on what I what I wanted to say about the two stories that open us up, but we can talk about this also with my first hour guest, Courtney Turner. Uh, there's a, a story here about a quarter of Americans are open to taking up arms against the government. This is a poll of a thousand registered U.S. voters. Now, does this mean they're going to take up arms tomorrow? No, it doesn't mean that. Although the media slant will be that, but I will say this: that in this article, uh, they don't typically acknowledged in, in the depth that I would say historically is accurate, that if you remove all peaceful options for change, peaceful options to change, whether it be voting or other things, then what are you left with? What are people left with? I, there's no peaceful option. You're going you're gonna to violently suppress my freedom of speech even, my freedom to petition for redress of grievances, my freedom in bodily autonomy. All of these things will add up and inevitably – the folks that say, oh, these people are a great danger are the ones that have caused 
the people to, to, to conclude that there is no peaceful option left. And so it's the very uh, like fomenters of hatred at this point. The globalists, the centralized bureaucrats, the, the, at this point, the political left primarily, with some exceptions on the so-called political right, that love to centralize bureaucracies and, and rule over you and own you and control you. What do they think is going to happen? What do they think was going to happen? The people that they removed them from any autonomy of their body, their mind, their spirit, freedom to worship, on and on it goes. Where do you think it leads? And it's not, I believe, the fault of those who have answered honestly about this to say, hey, uh, you know, out of a thousand you know, voters, a quarter, 25% said they were willing to take up arms. The history of the Declaration of Independence, that document was all about a chain of usurpations and abuses that could not be met anymore with peaceful evolution. And it ended up being a violent revolution. Rarely do those things end up with more freedom. And the first time in recorded history, it did. And that's not to say we're without our problems and sins in America. That's never been my point. And in this second article, you have another thing that helps to explain what we're dealing with. The Brownstone Institute, Clayton Fox wrote an article titled The Insufferable Arrogance of the Constantly Wrong. How often do we have to be berated by people who are wrong constantly with how it doesn't matter that they're wrong. They won't acknowledge that they're wrong. And those of us who have been right are constantly beaten over the heads with, oh, you want grandma to die. You're not taking one for the team. You're not a good little citizen for just taking experimental injections, despite the fact that those that predicted the injections would save us were completely wrong. More evidence by the day that they were wrong about these so-called jabs wrongly called vaccines. And in this article, you will see layer after layer after layer of abuse by those in media following a party line on down from the World Economic Forum, the World Health Organization, the CDC, the FDA, Fauci, Gates, etc. And so more evidence of the disenfranchising of the so-called voters, if you will, American people, realizing that the game is rigged. The game is rigged. And we're living in a, a completely corrupt society and government. And so if you think that voting alone is going to change things, many people have concluded it it won't. It hasn't. And that's a sad state. I acknowledge it. We're not the first to bring that up. Comedian George Carlin would bring it up often. And so I don't tell you what to do here about voting or not voting, but recognizing that if they control who you vote for or if they have deceptively captured the vote and think about the political left at this point, they are desperate to hold on to power despite the reality of the awakening that they have become the corrupt man that they used to protest against. They have become that which they abhorred. And now the political right is more in line with freedom, even with those whom with, with they disagree. That may be reversed over time, and it has. Do you want to be part of that pendulum, or do you want to be part of that narrow way in between those extremes to say, you know what, freedom is the answer to all that ails us? I was talking with my buddy, Rolf Christian, who I featured on this show uh, a few times over the years. He used to be my insider at the World Bank International Bank of Reconstruction and Development, IBRD, and particularly the Eastern Bank for Reconstruction and Development. So we knew a lot about Eastern Europe and Russia and Putin. And we have a show. I don't know, Super Don, if you ever found the total uh, uh, bonus. You know what I was mentioning to you, Super D, earlier today, I think it was? We did four segments for radio, and then I did a bonus round. That might equal an hour's worth of audio. 
And I just want to make sure that you find that and make that available for people because it's still precious. <clears throat> yeah, I'll, I'll look. Party. I'll look a little bit closer. Thank you, because a lot of even they, Rolf Christian and his girlfriend Nicole, who visited, and uh, they said they couldn't find it. So I'm like, oh my yeah. gosh, that's an important interview for everybody. And and I bring uh, Rolf Christian up because I was talking with him about you know we're seeing pictures of my family as he's visiting, including my grandmother and grandfather on my mother's side. I knew my grandmother. She uh, emigrated, walked from Lithuania to what was then Palestine in the early 20th century. And my mom was born in 1934 and what was then Palestine became Israel and all of that. And, I, and she would tell stories. And my mom has a book about it from Israel to America, a life of many colors, talking about the fact that Jews and Arabs and, and uh, uh, Christians were getting along just fine. They would have the shops, they would build the shook, the market, they would have coffee together. And then the governments get involved, the globalists get involved and muck up everything, tell everybody to hate everybody, on and on it goes. But normal people, I would say whatever normal means, if you're living amongst each other, you, you're going to find a reason to get along. And RC, my buddy, said, Yeah, he was living in London. And there was an Iranian family next to him and a Jewish family next to that and an Indian family and someone from China, Asia. And they were all get along. They would have block parties. Why? They left the government out of everything. They were just human beings interacting with human beings. And the question is, where is that gone? Can we find that again? And there are people that I believe are doing their best to bring that back in conjunction with their journey in this lifetime. One of those people is Courtney Turner. And she joins me now on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Courtney, I was uh, invited to speak on her podcast. Did, did we meet at the Advanced Medicine Conference? Remind me. We did, yeah. Yeah, in San Antonio. And I had no idea about your journey until we connected. And then you were telling me a little bit about it. I don't know if it was on the podcast itself or off of it. But uh, when I learned of it, I was like, oh, man, I got to get you on my show, too. So uh, welcome, Courtney. And, and has that interview that you did with me aired yet? No, it is going to be aired next week on Thursday. Okay, so we'll make sure to link, make sure Super Don has that link so we can blast it out. Because anytime I'm interviewed, I, I learn stuff about myself I didn't know. So <laughs> Awesome. Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. Thank you so much for being on my show and having me on yours. Yeah, so I think we need to really, for those that don't know you, Courtney, uh, learn about your backstory, what you've overcome in this life to do what you do. I think it's fascinating and it's, a, it's an empowering journey if there ever was one, not only for women, but for anybody. Thank you so much. So I was uh, born with, well, this is how the story goes. I was born with congenital rubella. So they told my mom that she had contracted the German measles during the first trimester of pregnancy. And I, I, I know we've talked a little bit about this. So I've kind of gone on a bit of a journey, you know, with the medical mm -hmm. history. So that's why I say the story, but this is the story. So um, she actually supposedly contracted my mom, my Dad was friends with my mom's OBGYN. The wife had been traveling and had come back. She was sick. And then my father, uh, shortly after that, got very, very ill. He had, you know, lots of very um, bad symptoms, you know, fever of 104. <laughs> he was delirious for like a good week. My mom, about 10 days later, found a rash on her upper chest. She had very mild symptoms. That was, you know, most of what she felt and she was concerned though because she knew she was pregnant so she starts doing all sorts of research and she had the titer tested the doctor read the titer as being 112 the doctor was actually dyslexic so the titer was really 121 meaning that i the baby had been affected and so 
they, which is a fortunate thing because otherwise they would have advised my mother to have an abortion. Mm-hmm. And my mother most likely would have. So I would not be here. So I'm very grateful for his mistake. <laughs> However, when I was born, because they knew that the doctor had made this mistake, the hospital was covering up for the doctor. My mom kept asking them to do all these tests. And they kept saying everything came back, quote unquote, normal, which was not true. One of the things my mom noticed was that one eye kept rolling up in the top of my head. And she kept asking about this. And they said, baby's eyes don't focus. And she said, well, one is, why isn't the other one? So it, it turned out the hospital was actually covering up for the doctor because they knew he was dyslexic and that he had misread it and that, of course, I had been afflicted. So I was born with several uh, ramifications, such as I'm blind in one eye. I wear bilateral hearing aids. I actually didn't get hearing aids till I was almost six years old, though. I learned how to speak by reading lips. I had heart surgery when I was about a year old. I was born with hypotonic limbs. So for those who are not familiar, it's the opposite of hypertrophy. You know, a lot of people go to the gym to build muscles. It's just mm. the opposite. My muscles wouldn't develop and it affected my limbs. I was also born with fine graphic motor impairment, stunted growth, uh, dental complications. So there were several problems. And they pretty much told my mom that the best she could hope was to find a nice institution for me to spend my life. Fortunately, my mom didn't agree. Uh, and what is interesting also is they actually sued for my birth. It was called a wrongful birth case. And the lawyer was the same lawyer as the uh, Hustler case. So, wow. Well, <laughs> again, these are journeys, like I said, that that uh, transpire, and we we don't know. Just like if we meet you, and we go, I have no idea what you've been through in your life. Then you learn about it, and like, holy tamale, you need to tell your story. You need to share what you've been through, and and of course, help others in the process. I think. Uh, well, I absolutely believe so. Now. Yeah. To overcome all of these so-called obstacles, challenges, I yeah. mean, maybe you look at them as stepping stones instead of obstacles, right? Uh, I, I you, do, in you, a lot it, of ways. Yeah. It's transformed you and made you probably stronger than most people who have been born fully normally and all of that. You've right. had to overcome this. So t- tell me a little bit about the journey to overcome some of these challenges in your life to do what you're doing today. So I actually, uh, before the lockdown started, I had just started doing speaking around this and I, I was really doing it in the framework of movement and using physical training as a teacher to overcome adversity in life, because I feel a large part of my overcoming uh, is movement. You know, I think there were a lot of factors at play, but I think movement was a huge part of it. So one of the very early things was I had a baby nurse uh, as an infant, you know, to help with help my mom with all the challenges and obstacles. And they had noticed that I had this hypotonia. And one of the things she had suggested was putting me into a wet sandbox. She said that kids love sand and that it would be fun for me. And she would just put the toys just slightly out of reach. And she could see that I had a determined personality and I'd probably reach for the toys. And the hope was that this would stimulate some sort of, uh, you know, neuromuscular stimulation, uh, as well as potentially lead to coordination and then lead to hypertrophy. And it was effective. So I I am eternally grateful for her and for that. Then there were some other little things like my mom came up with this idea of building a balance beam. So as a child, I wore a patch over my sighted eye every other day of my childhood because they were hoping that whatever little sight I had in my weak eye, which you know, it was pretty much light and dark. Mm. You know, as a very young kid, I had some more vision, but it was still very minimal. And when both eyes were open, it would only be uh, the strong eye that would, you know, function. But now I really can see just light and dark. So I was essentially blind and deaf 
throughout my childhood because I didn't have hearing aids yet. And my hearing loss was pretty significant. So my mom had this idea to build a balance beam and uh, my grandfather built it and they would make it narrower if I spent, if I could complete it for a full week, regardless of whether I had the patch on my eye or not. So I think things like that really helped to strengthen like my proprioception, my kinesphere, um, which are, you know, people really underestimate, I think, the power of that for cognitive development, for social development, for emotional development, for just your awareness of your placement in space and, you know, the world around you. So those are some of the little things. And then there was, uh, I, I had something called bubble land, <laughs> which was like, you know, I used to mimic a lot because I couldn't really hear so it was my way of trying to figure out what people were saying and how to relate to other people. And uh, I think people thought it was kind of strange because I didn't mm -hmm. always respond necessarily appropriately mm -hmm. to, you know, to what I, I would respond to what I thought I heard. <laughs> and uh, so I created this thing called Bubble Land, which only, you know, you could only be invited to by me, of course. Mm -hmm. And when the, it was, I was born in, in between times, so there really weren't any rebella clinics left. And we found kind of the last one. It was the Roosevelt Institute. And you know, everybody was telling my mom that there was no hope for me and that they thought I was autistic, retarded. I mean that clinically, not derogatorily. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but, you know, they, they thought there was all these, you know, problems and really no hope. And it was just a very dismal prognosis. But the Re Re Roosevelt Institute said that they didn't think that that was true at all. And they said I was going to be just fine because I used my imagination as my coping mechanism. Mm -hmm. And so Bubble Land was one of the things that it was my imagination, you know, using this world of you had to blow bubbles to get there. And then wow. we spoke gibberish when we were there. And somehow, but this is the great thing about kids is that they're masters of improv. So mm -hmm. you know, the, the first rule of improv is yes and. You can never yeah. say no but. You know, it's mm -hmm. yes and, and then you just go along. And because kids are so great at that, because it is part of how they learn and develop. Right. And so that we would do that and we, we understood each other perfectly. So, yeah. Ah, wonderful. And you know, one of the things that among many that you shared occurs to me is that with the challenges you overcame, it wasn't about babying you and making things no. necessarily easier for you. In fact, it was, we need to challenge her and that body she's in so yeah. that it could develop. Mm -hmm. into, you know, what you are today. And we'll learn more about your capacity and capabilities, what you've overcome. But it's yeah. much like, you know, it was bizarre yesterday's story. I think we ended with, or the day before, I think, uh, was about, I don't remember the, the, the percentage. Super Don might remember this in the United Kingdom mm -hmm. that didn't know that caterpillars turn into butterflies, right? So it, it wasn't even that we know the benefit of the struggle, you know, to get that out was of one in four. Yeah, so that 25% number, we talked about a 25% number willing to take up arms if they need to. But the idea that you didn't even know that a caterpillar turns into a, a butterfly, much less the loss of um, resilience or the providing challenges for your children so that they can become resilient. And now we see a whole generation, and this is probably just me as an old guy complaining about younger generations. You know how that happens. But we talk about Gen Y and Z, the millennials and post-millennials, that they have been hampered and harmed often. One, I think, by over-vaccination to the point of uh, debilitation. And 
endocrine disrupting compounds from pesticides, herbicides, fungicides, like no other level, genetic engineering, all of these things impacting endocrine function, normal function. And so there is this confusion that they live with. And then of course, the ease with which, and this is maybe controversial for some, but I acknowledge it for a Gen Xer that we've had overall a much easier life than those in history before us. Mm-hmm. That for the most part in America, we didn't want for much, whether we had lots of stuff because we were a wealthy family or we were middle class or even lower than that, we pretty much even the lower class or so-called poor people have cell phones, so to speak. So we recognize that the, the first world problems are quite different than problems of I don't know if I'm going to live through the day problems. Totally. And so I combine all of that to say that these younger folks that are struggling now and angry at everything could be because they were not challenged in certain ways but we're damaged in others that they're not aware of and their parents are still not aware of. So it, it creates a, 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 I don't know if it's a cocktail of things, but it's, it's a mix that is just devastating for those that don't understand how to get out of it. Like you or your parents did to get yeah. you where you are today. I, I so agree with that. And uh, yeah, I, I always talk about like taking on more challenges because I think it's empowering. And I think what you're really hitting on is Having a lack of challenges, it creates this world of uh, personal uh, paralysis and fear because you don't have any confidence that you're capable of doing something. And the reality is there's so many hardships in life. Everybody faces challenges. Nobody escapes that. That's just one of the guarantees of life. But if you take on a challenge, even just little challenges every day, you prove to yourself that you can overcome things. And I think that's actually one of the things that really plagues our current society is that people have had things so easy, not to say that they're devoid of challenges. Everybody has challenges, no matter mm-hmm. how you know easy it may look from the outside, it's, they yeah. still face challenges. But when they don't have you know challenges that they're forced to overcome, they don't have the confidence that they can. And mm-hmm. then they're, they're, it really leaves them paralyzed. And then it leaves them consumed with fear sure. I think fear and confusion. They don't know what they can't take steps forward to navigate. So right, a message to the parents out there, folks. I mean, I, I'm certain I, my wife and I have been guilty of you try to make things easier mm-hmm. for your kids on one level. And, and, you know, obviously we want them to have a better life, whatever that means to you. But at the same time, by not allowing them to struggle and learn and get through to the hard stuff, of course, you're doing them little or no favors. You're making their life harder, in fact, in the long run. And uh, I, I just want to add like a really great, like just analogy for that. I mean, think about a child trying to learn how to walk, right? Mm-hmm. If every time they take a step and, and you catch them before they fall, they, they can't learn. They're, they're mm-hmm. being trapped. They're literally hindered from yeah. learning. So exactly. if, you, if you let them take a few steps and fall, they'll probably be fine, right? Mm-hmm. And they get back up and they figure it out. Yeah. So sometimes you, a lot of people really have to learn by trial and error. Mm-hmm. I think that's. A good example. Well, and, and I, I brought up the, the butterfly analogy a little bit, didn't go into depth of it. I think Kathy in the, in the uh, uh, chat room is talking about a story I know of the idea of helping the moth or let's say the, whatever's developing the caterpillar that turns into the great butterfly helping you see it struggle. If you witness this, you can see it. Yeah. And if you in any way, shape or form interfere and make it easier for that caterpillar to become the butterfly. It will not survive. It will not develop the wings, the strength it needs by pushing through the chrysalis to make that next evolution. And so if you make life too easy, of course, that life form will not be able to survive the challenges that are part and parcel to, to, to being alive on this yeah. planet. 
you know, whether we talk animal kingdom stuff or a human kingdom. Now, uh, we have great compassion in the human kingdom to help those that would not survive in the so-called sure. wild, right? We recognize mm -hmm. that. Although there are people that are horrific, in my opinion, horrible people like you know, the Hitlers of the world, not exclusive to that, but that look at, or Margaret Sangers of the world that started the Planned Parenthood with the sure. agenda of eradicating a certain race of people that were deplorable. We'll use that word. Yeah. Uh, that these people look at nature and go, well, they wouldn't survive in the wild, so we might as well let them die or kill them, accelerate that. That's, right. to me, that's horrific. So at the right. same time, uh, I look at some of the challenges that I faced as a child. Mm -hmm. These are not the ones I necessarily recommend to people, but yeah. I was raised like many Americans on chemically grown and processed foods. I was mm -hmm. vaccinated. Now, I didn't have the, as many as the younger people today do, yeah. but I was challenged. My body was harmed. I was sick. I was chronically ill. I don't look at mom and dad and go, how dare you let that happen to me? Because it was my life's journey. At this point, I look back, it's clear what it was for. It was a challenge, yeah. my challenge or challenges to overcome. And then totally. to take what I learned and apply it and teach others to do that or better. But it, once you know better, I, I think we're asked to do better. And that relates totally. to the pesticide issue, particularly in Superdon. If you don't mind, you, do you still have that orange garden or it's out by your garden? Um, the pesticides that I eat can drink. And I did this on the air. So there it is. Orange guard made from the orange peel, delimiting a distillate from the orange peel. The university of Arizona has shown that it's actually an anti-cancer agent too, even though orange guard is not claiming it as a product, but it is an EPA registered pesticide. Yet it's so safe that I don't do you super Where did you put that video? Is that up on Brideon where I drink it? I show everybody. How safe it is? You know, I actually have not released that to the to the to the general public yet. I, I oh, put that together because okay. I sent it to John, okay, um, who's our, our buddy there with Orange Guard, and I okay. showed it to you, but I have not put that out yet. That's a that's a five minute piece where we actually, thanks to Super Don, we show the clip that we learned of originally from Jeffrey Smith of that guy who was touting the safety of glyphosate, the active ingredient Roundup, and the interviewer was ready. He says, "Oh, well, we have some glyphosate here. Would you like a drink? Oh, it's safe." Would I like a drink? No, I'm not stupid. And, and then he goes on to say how safe it is. People have tried to commit suicide and they failed by doing it. And they said, well, we really, we do have this for you. If you think it's so safe, show it, drink it. He's like, I'm not an idiot or something like that. And then I come on and I actually, this was spontaneous. I said, well, here, let me show you the orange guard that Superdon has there. And I sprayed some in my mouth. Now it didn't taste great, but I was perfectly fine. I'm alive and well two weeks later. And the point is, can we deal with the natural challenges, whether it be pests or otherwise, without poisoning the entire planet, killing babies and dogs and cats? And yes, we can. Nature provides these options and solutions. That's why I shout out to OrangeGuard.com. By the way, I found out they're available in like Ace Hardwares. If they used to be in Lowe's and Home Depots, they're focused on Ace Hardwares. And even there, there I am in my, in my greenhouse. Um, uh, they're also in Whole Foods of all places. Mm. Not Makes a big sense. fan of Whole Foods, but yeah. Makes yeah. sense. It's 100% natural. Anyway. It kills bugs. I used some yesterday. You know that giant lettuce that I had in my... Uh, oh, yeah. I, tragic, I, let, I let it grow a little news. too far, mm -hmm. a little too much. And so I was just going to, you know, whack it off there to, to you know, let it mm -hmm. regrow back. And I, I got introduced to something I've not experienced before, mm -hmm. and that's aphids. Oops. I, I'm not a gardener, yeah. right? So I'm learning these things as I go here. And I, like, yeah. cut the lettuce and the aphids and stuff. So I took the orange guard out there. 
Yeah. Sprayed the orange, you know, stuff like that, killed them. And yeah. uh, it, it, I read read up on the delimiting, and it actually repels aphids. That's one of the yeah. things. Yeah, so it you'll be better off repel. next time. Yeah. So safety. So I'm not advocating challenging your children with pesticides unless it's something like Orange Garden. It'd be a new TikTok a challenge. challenge, right? Yeah. You know, that yeah. instead of eating Tide Pods... <laughs> Drink yes. some Orange Guard, right? Orange there guard. you go. Yeah. There you go. Anyway. anyway, Courtney, sorry about that. I just a little distraction, but I think it's an important yeah. part of our journey here to health and healing and keeping people you know, in much better shape with the food that they grow or buy or utilize or eat. These are the things that were not taught to me growing up. And I, I still think that you know, some people that uh, have, they, they mean well, but they don't they don't really get it. And they, they do things that are detrimental to their own health, thinking that, you know, they're the part of the green revolution, that they all want to become communist and not own anything. And yet those who control them will feed them toxic GMO meat, you know, layers yep. of artificial meat. So it's like, uh, man, we've got some work to do still. Yeah, that'll probably have chips that turn them into robots that can be remote controlled. Yeah. If they do have plans for that, I mean, I don't know if it'll happen, but they have plans and they have the technology. They have the patents on it. So, Well, and see, the thing is that you know that and speak out about it is, explains everything about why you're banned indie platform like us. <laughs> yeah. They, they're not a fan of me. <laughs> so <laughs> so it, functionally, it, it, in that body that you were born into that had a lot of challenges more than the average uh, human being, uh, mm -hmm. how functional would you say you are relative to folks that consider themselves fully functional what what do you how do you see you interact with the world and and get around with that body of yours well i i think i'm you know all things considered i i think I've, i'm doing pretty well i'm an aerial acrobat i i just hit my goal this morning that i had set like a year and a half ago of doing and i really haven't worked on it so i mean i have indirectly but i had kind of you know, I didn't persist with this goal because it was kind mm -hmm. of in the lockdowns when I didn't have equipment and whatnot. But yeah. I wanted to get 50 push-ups in one set. And I did it this morning in the middle of a workout. Awesome. So that was pretty awesome. I don't know uh, if Super Don can do 50 push-ups in one set yet. I mean, I'm working on them. But uh, Super D, how many push-ups have you done in a row? Or is it a long time ago? You don't remember. <laughs> look here you know this is the point super d we've got courtney on here you got to be feeling like oh my gosh i thought i had it um you know yeah no that's what i want for everybody to look at courtney and go yeah i can do i can do a little bit better right that's i don't know if you're inspiring people i, I ate a one. salad for lunch leave me alone <laughs> were there if there were no aphids in it i don't want to hear uh, <laughs> Yeah, but that but that is my my goal. I mean, it's definitely certain things are, you know, more challenging for me and other things are going to be easier for me. You know, that, yeah. that's just part of being human. Uh, but I do I, I really do subscribe to kind of like the, you know, niche philosophy, no excuses, applied training. And, and to life, not, you know, people always ask, what am I training for? And I really, you know, and they say that when they mean physical training, but really I do see it as training for life because I think it's just such a great teacher. It teaches you tangibly how you approach things and and your results are so concrete and mm -hmm. i think that's really valuable because in a lot of areas of life it's not mm -hmm. you know so you're, you're kind of it's kind of that like up and down kind of uh, <laughs> lots of hyperboles and so i think it's really great to take on challenges that have a very concrete result you either achieve it or you don't mm -hmm. and that teaches you so much about who you are as a person what kind of things work for you what doesn't work for you 
you know, how you can improve. So, mm -hmm. yeah, but I, I would say, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, being visually and hearing impaired there, there's always going to be certain things that are more challenging for me that other people can't. And I, I, I don't even realize that other people can't fathom, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but I think all things considered, I, I'm super grateful and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm happy to be here and I think I'm, I think I'm thriving in spite of it. So, well, it's your journey. Your point of the, is, is well taken that, when they say that I can't fathom what you've been through, because maybe they haven't most, most right. people haven't, but when they see what you've been through and hear what you've been through, you begin to look at yourself and go, gosh, I thought I had it rough and tumble. Cause there's always somebody that has had a bigger challenge or had it worse or, you know, born with a bigger challenge. And, uh, and that's not to say, I don't hear you going, uh, you're out there bragging about it. That's not the point. I, I'm more or less bragging about you. Cause I think it's so awesome. And I love that uh, you're, you're out there speaking out about this and all these other things that have great are of great controversy. And not, you're not at all focused on what you can't do or couldn't do as much as here you are. And there's a reason you have a passion, you have a mission and identifying that and moving forward with it uh, should be, a, if you will, a lesson for us all that. Yeah, that, that we'll all have challenges. We've all had challenges. The question is, are we defeated by them or do we, you know, uh, find a way through them, around them or maybe the perception of these things as obstacles, as we talk about actually stepping stones that yeah. are there for our benefit rather than to, you know, be punishment for us. Yeah. I mean, I really, I really believe it's not that one person's challenge is greater than somebody else. Like I don't see, I, you know, my, mine is just, I, I guess it's like, it's kind of unique. Not that many people experience those types of challenges and certainly not from a very young age. So I think they're, it, my challenges were more rare but in no way are they greater because you, your challenges are your challenges. So for everybody, you know, for some people who have never broken a nail, I, I don't think there is anybody who's never broken a nail, but we'll just take this absurd example. You've never broken a nail in your life. The first time you do, it's devastating, you know? <laughs> and I, and there's a saying that, you know, God gives people what they can handle. And I mm -hmm. think that that's really true. It's, it's your path. It's your journey. But mm -hmm. for you, whatever you have to endure is always going to be, you mm -hmm. know, a, a great challenge for you. So what it, what a challenge is for one person is not the same as what it right. is for someone else. But the hope is that we can learn from those challenges. And I do think that they are, as you said, stepping stones. I think it, my challenges have given me a very unique perspective on life. And I think the fact that I did have to overcome so much from such a young age mm -hmm. and have to reconcile so much from, you know, my physical position in the world and, you know, explore i think because i dealt with things that were very different from other people mm -hmm. a lot of people you know really learn externally they're they're mm -hmm. very concerned with what's going on outside i think i had to do a lot more internal work from a you know i was forced to from a young age not to say that other people don't but i think i was forced to uh because my set of circumstances weren't like anybody else i knew so mm. but aerial artistry come on really <laughs> What are you doing? Trapeze, silks. What are you doing? I, yeah, I do silks. I do lira. I do. Um, I've done pole. I do sling. I recently performed on sling. Uh, and it, yeah, I love it. It's super fun. I've done flying trapeze. I've done static, a little bit of static trapeze. That's not my my favorite. Option. Now you're yeah. just showing off. <laughs> I was a gymnast, so it, the, you know, and I, I think that because my they built that balance beam for me, that you know, I fell in love with gymnastics from a really young age. So it kind Wonderful. of transferred. It's like a performance art 
yeah. acrobatic art. Yeah. Super. I fun. think that's awesome. So we'll go to Vegas and see you in Cirque du Soleil coming up. No. <laughs> yeah, not, not quite, but, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I am going to go back to doing some speeches and mm -hmm. I did a recent performance, aerial performance. So I like Very to put cool. them together to show people what's possible when they said it wasn't. So for those of you just tuning in, we've got Courtney Turner and she's on a lot of podcast sites, including rumble and, and you can go to Apple podcasts and, uh, yes, yeah, she's been banned and deplatformed on a number of sites as, as, uh, we have, and, uh, we, I know why, and it's a, it's a good reason. It's a good thing. It's not that we appro approve of that, but I hope y'all would uh, plug into her show. She's got great guests as well. Mm -hmm. looks like you just released a Carrie Made, Dr. Made. Uh, this did. is probably before she had her plane wreck. It was wreck before. Yeah. It was right before. Yeah. 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 So you recorded with her. I'm sure you met her at the advanced medicine conference. I did. Right? Yeah. yeah. So just a sweetheart. She's amazing. She, she is. Yeah. She's wonderful. And she's, she's very courageous. She really speaks really strongly about all the things they don't want you to talk about. So. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I want to talk about some upcoming events. I don't know if you'll be at any of them, but uh, Super Don will blast it out. We have an upcoming events tab at robertscottbell.com and uh, up and coming. The next event I think is in fact, July 9th and 10th at the Red Pill Expo in Indianapolis, Indiana. Courtney, are you going to be at that one by the chance? I really want to be there, but I'm going to be at the Re Reawaken America tour, which oh, the, the right. overlaps on the 9th. So. Yeah, that was a simultaneous one. I might have been at it if it wasn't for this, but the Red Pill Expo is coming up. Go full screen on that, Super D, and uh, you can go to redpillexpo.com or click on the banner and get tickets for it. Uh, we'd love to see you there. It's going to be amazing. I'll be speaking there. I will be emceeing the event. We'll have plenty of Cardio Miracle uh, to pour up for everybody to try. We'll have plenty of, hopefully, copper sovereign copper and sovereign silver to pour out so we'll be doing shots keeping everybody strong and healthy through the weekend there in indianapolis then coming back uh see utah defending utah is hosting a health solution symposium i'll be there with health independence alliance and a couple other folks that are going to be there it's a very inexpensive uh day trip so to speak uh an afternoon to the evening and that's happening at the uh, salt lake i think uh convention no what do you call it community college that's it uh, one of their campuses so that's coming up click on that find out more thanks to defending utah and if we scroll down from there we could see online webinars from time to time becoming campaign free then august 6th saturday at the sheraton uh pittsburgh hotel obviously pittsburgh pennsylvania dr tracy strout dr judy mikovitz dr len jamie dorley from nutritional frontiers they're running a big old sale for independence day and you can double dip with the rsb15 code if you go to nutritionalfrontiers.com or cbdnf.com they've even got a sale i think opening up on their certified organic u.s grown hemp products which is exciting rsb 15 take advantage of that autism one's coming up august 18th 19th 20th and 21st in mesa arizona and that's back to basics the foundation of autism recovery i will be speaking there on copper for everybody and then we have the 13th u.s health freedom congress st paul minneapolis minnesota the 23rd and 24th and I'm a voting member of that group. I hope you'll join us there. I think Ty and Charlene Bollinger are now going to join us as well as many others in the health freedom community. Then we have the Wellness Parenting Revolution Health and Freedom Summit and Expo in Orlando, Florida, the 7th, 8th, and 9th of Orlando, of Orlando, of October. <laughs> and that's going to be at the Hyatt Regency Orlando. If you want tickets, uh, go to wellnessparenting.info. I look forward to seeing you there. My good buddy, Doc Harmony, will be there with her ear candles and all kinds of good stuff. And uh, we'll have silver and copper shots there as well. And then the granddaddy of all of the events that we do every year, the Health Freedom Expo happening in, uh, well, just outside of Chicago, safely far enough outside of it, the Tinley Park. 
October 15th and 16th, Saturday, Sunday, and uh, Health Freedom Expo, Trinity, HealthFreedomExpo.com, also TrinitySchool.org for all the wonderful classes that are happening every month, starting anew at Trinity School of Natural Health. Courtney, I don't know if you can be at any or all of those, but I would love to see you again at one of them. I would love that. I, I think the October ones are a possibility. I know okay. it's far away, but I think that, yeah, <laughs> I know. I, I thought I was going to have a very open summer and it looks like it's really booked already. Picking up. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm <laughs> yeah, so, so, so grateful for all that you're doing and the, the, that your voice is being heard despite censorship attempts. And, uh, you. you know, it's just fun to connect with you and, and all that you're doing. Now, I will ask you, having shared parts of your journey today, are there any areas of expertise or knowledge that you have that's fairly unique that you love communicating to the world? Because uh, most of the folks in the Robert Scott Bell Show audience may not have met you before and mm -hmm. go, well, in addition to the awesomeness that you are because of what you've been through, you know some stuff, too. <laughs> I, yeah, I, these aren't props. I, I, I do a lot of research. Um, well, certainly, you know, my whole movement philosophy, that's something I definitely speak on. And I think I have a very unique perspective on that uh, based on my own personal experience and life story. And also mm -hmm. having worked with lots of athletes and, you know, being a trainer and a coach and whatnot. Um and then I, I like to dive down rabbit holes. So <laughs> I've given, I was, I was a philosophy major. So, you know, I have kind of a strong foundation for a lot of the, you know, philosophical battles that we're kind of up against now. And I've done a lot of deep dives on the history of propaganda. That's kind of one of my passion. Certainly the history of kind of the medical fraud is something that I do. I interview a lot of people on, I do a lot of research on that. Um, I'm, yeah, I don't know. Mostly a lot of I, I do dive into a lot of the uh, the conspiracies, but which have proven to be true. Mm -hmm. You can look at I, I my new website's going to be launched pretty soon. So I will have all of the articles that I wrote. I had started something called truthmatters.biz and I was writing for them. I've also written for Politichicks, Daily Wire. Um, so my articles will links to those will be up there, but I had started truth matters. Unfortunately, one of my business partners on that venture had passed away, uh, pretty recently. So we've dissolved it, but I'm going to keep all the articles and I'm still working on, uh, articles that I'll be releasing on my own site. So I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, look, your, your podcast comes out how often, or is it pretty much whenever you decide three, you have another one? To three times a week right now. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I might start doing more. Uh, I'm going to start doing like uh, live streams once a week. So I've, I've done a live stream on Tavistock. That's kind of a monster that I like to cover a lot because nobody's ever heard of it. And I think that people should be aware uh, that's really, you know, it was originally called the British Propaganda Bureau. So mm -hmm. that gives you a little insight. That might be people. another uh, opportunity for you to come on and, and uh, bring bring that information forward. I, I would love to. Yeah. yeah. I, I did one on the history of Klaus Schwab because a lot of people don't know, you know, that he was actually uh, groomed by through a CIA funded program that uh, Henry Kissinger helmed. And mm. he was groomed by Kissinger and uh, Galbraith and Herman Kahn to start the you know European Council, which a year later became the world economic forum mm -hmm. you know he was also the leader of the bilderberg uh, yeah these people don't happen into these things by accident They're, no they are indeed groomed and uh you know the 
the problems we're seeing again orchestrated not conspiratorial in a in a fictional sense but in a very no. real sense yeah yeah so mm -hmm. uh, so i've done like lives i i've done a live stream on like charles lieber you know he's another kind of rabbit hole that i like to really shine light on because he's responsible for so much of the technology that people think are conspiracy you know mm -hmm. theory however he owns 66 patents on this technology and it's kind of frightening so mm. so yeah but i'd be happy to come on and talk about tavistock because i think tavistock is something a lot of people don't know about and mm. i think i actually recently went to a propaganda conference and not one person brought up tavistock i was like mm. how do you do a conference on propaganda and nobody yeah. talked about tavistock it was literally called the british propaganda bureau <laughs> yeah i think that's an important aspect of history as primarily lost or or ignored uh, so I appreciate you delving into that. So yeah, we'll 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 plan another visit to this show as well with you. And if you don't mind, could you preview our interview on your podcast coming up? And, and again, when is it going to be released? And where do you want them to go to Thursday. watch it? So Thursday next week. Yeah, okay. I have that. I, what, I think that's the seventh seven seven. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So. And admit and admit it, it was one of your worst uh, shows you've ever done. It was awesome. You. It was super super awesome. So I I learned so much. Um, and, uh, I really loved uh, the topic on, uh, you know, the germ theory was one of the things it's something that I've been having a really, I, 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 I personally struggled. We talked a little bit about this on the podcast, but you know, as I told you from the beginning, like this was my whole life story is kind of predicated on that. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's really something that's, uh, it's very personal to me, but I think it's in some ways, if I can wrap my head around it, then I can be a messenger for people to understand that it's very much a linchpin for mm -hmm. the fraud of, you know, the big pharma cartel yeah. and for the the vaccines, which is part of the big pharma cartel. But that's mm -hmm. linked. I mean, the big pharma cartel is so connected to you know, the the banking cartel, the governments that are, you know, the as uh, Vaisak would have called it, the rings on rings uh, structure, mm -hmm. which is, I always liken it to like a mafia. <laughs> they, they, they create all of these different groups, like the round table groups that seize control and power so that you never point the finger at any one because <laughs> that, that, that makes it much more difficult. Like you don't have the big mafia, mm -hmm. uh, the mafiosa, the, the head of the mafia doesn't go and do, you know, the, the dirty work. He has all of his right. hitmen go and do the work for him so that you can't point the yeah. finger at anyone directly. Exactly. So, folks, if you want to go on a journey, Courtney Turner is a good one to go on a journey with. She's doing great, <laughs> great, great work. And uh, look forward to seeing you at an event, maybe if it's not till October or whatever, but that's great. And I know you said you're going to be at one of the Clay Clark events. Is this the one in yep. uh, Virginia Beach area? It's Virginia coming up? Beach. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. Virginia Beach. I'll be at that one. Yeah, I know. I was I was half tempted to just then go over to Red Pill Expo, but then I would I would miss half of it. So. No, it's a, it's going to be a phenomenal event. I know both no. of them are amazing, but you know, G Edward Griffin is a legend. Honestly, he's a national treasure. Sure. What he's covered in his lifetime, what he's seen, what he's written about and, and putting on these red pill expos has been a great, uh, great part of his journey. And a lot of people are benefiting and learning the things as you, as you know, by digging deep, yeah. um, taking the so-called red pill and not just living in cognitive dissonance. Uh, right. a lot of people want to, because it's sometimes it's too difficult to take responsibility for our lives and our role in it. Uh, yeah. and, and although we're not overtly part of this conspiracy to limit the freedom of the people by not speaking out, by not stepping up and get standing in the gap, so to speak, we are also uh, in some level of compliance with it simply yeah. by being so, silent. 
That was actually why I started my podcast, mm -hmm. because I felt that one of the biggest problems with, uh, you know, conservatives or people who go against the mainstream narrative is that they engage in auto critique. And we see how that worked with the Maoist struggle sessions and it doesn't end well. No, so I felt all. that I felt really strongly that if if I felt that that was one of the biggest problems, then I shouldn't be a part of the problem. And so I started to speak out. I really just started on social media and was getting into lots of fights with my friends. So mm -hmm. that, that wasn't super pleasant. <laughs> um, and I was ruffling a lot of feathers. Nobody was really happy with me. But one mm -hmm. of the things that came out of it was that a lot of people had suggested that I start a podcast. And I was really terrified to do it. <laughs> and I couldn't figure out what I'd speak about because everyone said you have to have a niche. And I, mm -hmm. you know, as you can probably gather from this conversation, you know, I well with being told to be put into a box so yeah. i i said no i'm gonna do the opposite of that i i'm gonna talk about whatever i want to talk about so we'll just name it the corning turner podcast and that was really how it was born though is that i mm -hmm. felt very strongly that i needed to speak out and you know start exploring you know i i certainly don't have all the answers and i i'm on the journey just like everyone else and i'm doing the research and i'm talking to the people but mm -hmm. i think it's really important that the discourse be there yeah and available well, you're letting it rip in a great way, Courtney. Thank you for uh, connecting when we were together at the Advanced Medicine Conference to be able to do the uh, podcast interview that's coming out Thursday of next week. So after yeah. the July 4th Independence Day weekend. It's fantastic holiday. to hear your journey, your personal journey. journey. Yeah, so. we went into some of that, didn't we? We did. We yeah. did. And I, I, I love how you have turned your personal hardships and your personal experience into a lesson both for yourself and for others. I think that is really what we're here to do. And that's why we all have such a unique path. So no experience wasted, especially when you're willing to share your journey, share your story with others. Courtney, you're doing that. Thank you so much. God bless you. I appreciate you so much. Thank you. Likewise. All right. Well, another great empowering journey on the Robert Scott Bell show this time with Courtney Turner. And uh, next hour, uh, if all goes according to plan, we'll have uh, Dr. Naomi Wolf as well. Thanks to all of you that support us, this message of health, freedom, and healing liberty. It's important to you. It's important to me. It's important to all of us, especially if we're going to leave this place better for our kids or at least attempt to. Uh, do we want them to live in freedom or in slavery or in tyranny? I guess the question is, a, you know, a tough one. A lot of people are just now asking, but we're here for you. The water's warm. It's uh so it's pretty much organic and non-glyphosate contaminated. So join us as well for another hour of broadcast healing to wrap up the week heading into the weekend here. Independence Day coming up on Monday. What does it mean? We'll continue talking about that as well. Thanks for being here. The power to heal is yours. Robert Scott, the Bell Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. One step closer to the Independence Day holiday weekend. And, uh, you know, should it be a celebration? Yeah, we've got to find a way, as I've said, even in the midst of great difficulties and discord, to celebrate the life that we lead here. Yes, as we talked with last hour, Courtney, who's overcome tremendous challenges in her life to be a bright light. It's a beautiful thing to witness. And I'm inspired by it. I'm inspired uh, with all of you and, and what you've come through to be here at this moment in time, whether you're watching or listening live or later, 
to this show. And I pray that this inspires you to, to, you know, discover why you're here if you haven't already figured it out and to go for it, <laughs> to really do it. Uh, you know, one of the things is I was listening to Courtney last hour. And again, another powerful, strong woman who's been through so much that can inspire us is the words, you got this. You got this. It's like, how many times do we uh, get into a situation that we're just so challenged that we, you know, can, can, can end up manifesting the, oh, woe is me scenario, the victim mentality. It's like, man, there's just too much. I cannot. Oh, and I felt it before in my life. I'm not saying I've never, and it's okay. It's part of the human experience, but at a certain point to realize that that's an old tape or a pattern that doesn't need to play itself out anymore. Once you break through and realize that whether you have a religious or spiritual bent, God's got you. Somebody's got you and is there to support you, cheerlead for you, help you, lift you up when you need that help, but also allow you to go through the things, not try to fix everything. You know, this is the kind of thing about, share a little bit about my buddy, Michael Badnarik, who's been in and out of the hospital a lot lately with the cardiac events. Remember, he he practically had the widow maker or did have that uh, many years ago now on the steps of, I think, the Wisconsin Capitol. And uh, he, he, he could have been dead at that moment, but he found a way to come back. And, you know, there are good people that help Michael, including my friend, uh, Dr. Roseanne Lindsay, naturopath from natureofhealing.org. And he's eternally grateful for the help that he's gotten at the same time he's in the hospital. And one of the things, when you go, go through something like what Michael Bednarik's going through, you don't need people telling you what you should be doing and could be doing. And you should do. It's like, if you contact Michael in any way, just say, Hey, I love you, buddy anything you can do and you need whatever, but it isn't about you need to do this. You just need to support and love people sometimes when they're in a, in a on a journey, uh, like Michael's on. And we pray and hope that he's able to rebound back again and get out of the hospital again in time selfishly to have him on for our independence day show spectacular, which we've done every year, pretty much since Oh four, I think or Oh five. Uh, so, uh, this is a journey that we're on. We don't get out of here alive in the physical sense, in the spiritual sense, I believe, that's the case, immortality, but people misinterpret immortality in terms of the physical body. Look, whatever you believe, that's that's fine, but I'm just sharing you my experience, my view and my journey. The body that I have was one that was ravaged with disease for much of my young life. And I could look back and go, well, what was me and why am I sick? And I, you know, certainly I'd been through that, but I maintained a desire, if you will, a genuine, sincere desire to get better, to get stronger, to get healthier. Now, the question is, are you ready to do the things necessary? Was I ready to do the things necessary? Apparently not until I was 24 years of age, did that opportunity open itself to me in learning of homeopathic medicine, natural healing, detoxification for the liver, cleaning up the water, the food, the air, to the best of my ability, although we don't have control over any, anything, anything, well, everything in our life. But there's a lot that we genuinely do have control over by making choices that some of you, me included, at a certain time in my life said, oh, I can't make that choice. It's just too much. It's I don't have this ability. I don't have this resource. I can't fill in the blank, afford it. And there's a point where I woke up to realize, you know what? I'm sabotaging myself. If I keep saying I can't, I can't, I can't, it becomes true. And certainly you can point to anything in your life to say, well, this is why I can't. No, and this is why I can't. Now this is why I can't. We can look at the body politic as it exists today and say, I can't change the system by voting. And I might agree with you, but it doesn't mean you can't create a system or a new system, if you will, if you want that, or lead a life 
of joy in the midst of some of the most horrendous circumstances. I'm not a fan of slavery in any of its forms, and there are subtle forms of slavery that are not overt in the same sense of looking back at the history of governments on the planet, much le- le- uh, least of all, you know, our own uh, government that acknowledged and even embraced or endorsed slavery. But again, this is something that has been existing, pre-existing the United States of America by, by a long, long, long time. But I look at the transformation that happens over time and the opportunity too to forget about that transformation and learn nothing from history and therefore repeat it. The continuity of life. Now, even if you believe that there's only one lifetime and it's this one where you're physically here or whether you have a different uh, belief system about living multiple lifetimes or having a lifetime in the spirit world before you got here that shared or, or got you to where you are in this lifetime. The reality is whether you've experienced it personally, you do have an opportunity to look at history and learn from it or look at other people's choices or what we might call mistakes and learn from it and then not make the same mistakes that we made before or that others have. There is always an opportunity to look at those things and learn from it. Yet some of us insist on, no, 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 I have to make that mistake in order to really get it and embrace it. And it has to be, you know, down to my DNA level so that I don't make the same mistake again. Again, my story of my journey of overcoming chronic diseases as a young child from zero to the age of 24, learning about the dangers of modern medicine. They're the third leading cause of death and learning about the dangers of the vaccines that have now become something many people more than ever are aware of. And then raising my kids organically, non-GMO, not subjecting them to all the drugs and shots I was and my wife was. We've raised healthier children that have no chronic diseases in one generation. How is it possible? Well, then we go to the majesty of creation itself. Well, I don't want to belabor my journey. You've heard it many times before. And some of you who are new to this show, uh, welcome. This is the place for health, freedom, and healing liberty, my 23rd year broadcasting. I am really excited about this hour because this is a woman I followed her career. And, uh, you know, the two words that come to mind when I, when I talk about Naomi Wolf, Dr. Naomi Wolf, intellectual integrity. And it is such a rare trait. And I'll say this about any political striper or extreme, if you will, intellectual integrity is something that is in such, I, I, it's like, you know, we talk about scarcity. I'm not into scarcity. But that seems to be a scarce resource. People that actually can engage intellectually on these things and change their mind and being willing to engage in discussion and debate and be okay about it. Interesting friends that we've developed over the years. You don't have to agree with everything anyone says, including me, but find a way to learn from each other's journeys and inspire one another to the truth, whatever that may be, or the facts and discuss them and be okay with it. So with that, We'll introduce Dr. Naomi Wolf for the first time. You probably all know her. There's so much I could say about her. Uh, to the Robert Scott Bell Show and uh, my audience here, Dr. Naomi Wolf. Naomi, welcome to the Robert Scott Bell Show. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really happy to be talking to you and your audience. Oh, I, I'm thrilled. Like I said, I, I'm a little bit of a fan. I hope you don't mind. I, you know, I don't get to, to that perspective on, on a lot of people, but I've watched your career and transition from you know what people would pigeonhole you in, in some sort of political context to witness your, as I called it, intellectual integrity, engaging in, I can't imagine how many friends you've lost over the last two, two and a half years because you haven't simply bought a party line from Anthony Fauci, WHO, CDC, FDA, or uh, any of those you might have been politically aligned with in previous times because you looked at something and you said, there's something not right here. There's something not adding up. And rather than 
for convenience sake, just going along to get along. You said, mm, that's not right. What is it in you that, that gets you to this point? Well, uh, you know, thank you, but I, I really can't take any special credit uh, because I literally was just doing what I've been doing for 35 years, which is being a, a journalist. Mm -hmm. And a journalist, you know, real old school journalist is supposed to ask questions. And, you know, I've written eight nonfiction bestsellers and, and a number of them have been about medical issues um, and health issues. I wrote about uh, female coming of age in promiscuities. I wrote about um, pregnancy and childbirth in misconceptions. I wrote about plastic surgery uh, and the kind of plastic surgery industry and the beauty myth. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't, you know, news to me that or to any feminist writer who follows the history of medicine that very often um, the medical establishment is wrong. And very often the medical establishment, especially when it comes to women's bodies, will say, sure, thalidomide is safe. Sure, you know, silicone breast implants are safe. Sure, vaginal mesh is safe. So when right out of the gate, this experimental injection was being, you know, rolled out at warp speed, um, you know, just as a journalist, you know, I, I, I was very struck that people were not asking very basic questions questions about it and questions about the process. And so mm -hmm. I guess, um, I, you know, I am very surprised to have been deplatformed five times and, yeah. and to be kind of si completely silenced and smeared and shut out by all the legacy news outlets that I've been writing for for 35 years. But I, you know, in my book, The Bodies of Others, I explain how this came to be. Uh, vast flows of millions of dollars have gone to those news outlets from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, which has invested in vaccines, um, from the CARES Act, a billion dollars of our own tax money, uh, to to kind of buy off the the media and and get it to lie to us. Mm -hmm. um, so, I guess the the start of my journey was just doing the normal things I've always done. I, I right. you know, I, I I guess I should end this kind of opening rant by saying, mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I'm I'm so angry as a woman. The I was deplatformed from Twitter over a year ago for just noticing that women were reporting, vaccinated women were reporting menstrual dysregulation, mm -hmm. like significant menstrual yeah. dysregulation. And as a feminist writer on, you know, women's health issues, that is an obvious red flag. And now a year and a half later, mm -hmm. um, I my team of 3000 scientific and medical researchers who are going through the Pfizer documents are finding 360 degree catastrophic harms to mm. reproduction as well as to other harms to human beings. I don't think it's an exaggeration to say we were witnessing one of the greatest crimes against all humanity. And yes, women too. We've talked about this fertility issue uh, and, and you know, the attacks now on children, uh, the least among us in terms of their ability to defend themselves. And so many have been deceived by this I call it a pharmaceutical church, if you will. It's more like a religion or a cult than it is a scientific endeavor anymore by the willingness of those just to kind of go along when it's uh, pronounced from you know the, the rooftops or so-called uh, authoritarians within government, not authority necessarily, but authoritarians. And, and I've seen cognitive dissonance on both the left and the right side of the political spectrum in terms of the Hegelian dialectic. They like to play one off against the other, as you know. And, and yet, so much of right now, I have to acknowledge this, the political left is all about the authoritarianism of violating bodily autonomy. On one yeah. hand, they have always said kind of that my body, my choice. But now when it comes to injections of men, women and children, oh, no, you're not allowed to come to our, you know, uh, into our realm as well. And I think that's what I was kind of indicating in terms of your background in history, that suddenly many of your friends in that realm said, oh, that's beyond the pale what you're doing now, Naomi Wolf. How, did, how dare you leave your 
maybe your origin point as they perceived it. Yeah, I mean, you know, again, uh, Mr. Bell, I'm as, I'm as shocked as shocked as anyone, you know, I grew up leaving my body, my choice. Um, and I'm stunned to see the left abandon its long held commitment to bodily autonomy and then be surprised when Roe v. Wade is overturned. Um, it's astonishing to me to see people who are supposed to support basic human rights and who, you know, don't buy anything less than organic baby food for their kids line up to, you know, get their children injected with this experimental vaccine, which is throwing off so many horrific signals. Um, I mean, I guess, you know, the Bodies of Others does go into detail about like what happened in my own life in mm -hmm. terms of people, you know, I know and love kind of leaving me and my husband out of, you know, out of dinner parties and out of, of Thanksgiving dinners um, because we're not vaccinated. And, uh, you know, it's nobody's business why I'm not vaccinated, but I'm not ashamed to explain why because the research I've done since abundantly uh, confirms my my initial decision that I, I really shouldn't be vaccinated um, but it's so surreal and so much like a cult as you say because vaccination has nothing to do with transmission or infection and even the manufacturers acknowledge that so there is this full-on cult mentality that it justifies just flat out Jim Crow type discrimination mm. uh, in a two tier society on the basis of zero science um, and zero medical yeah. indication. I, I was actually, I'm a little bit in shock still today because yesterday in Salem, Oregon, I was almost forcibly ejected, ushered forcibly aggressively out of a restaurant, epilogue restaurant in, in downtown Salem because I'm not vaccinated. Wow. And when I stood outside and, and the outside of this restaurant is covered with write on posters for Black Lives Matter and hate has no place here. And they literally stood at the door and said, you it's not discrimination. You can't come in. You're causing harm to even walk in the door. Um, and and I'm, I'm filming, you know, the mm. hate has no place here. And there's like no awareness of a contradiction. Um, and, and when I said, well, this is discrimination, they said, it's not discrimination. And when I said, well, you know, the vaccines don't affect transmission, this poor young woman, you mm. know, her eyes like almost like reacted right. as if like this is brand new information. She couldn't process it. Mm -hmm. So we're living in a time of really the early 30s. And, and it does, I mean, in the book, I point out that, you know, the intention of these evildoers who are behind mm -hmm you know, the crackdown of the last two years mm -hmm. is to dissolve human society and dissolve the West and dissolve especially Western human rights and individualism and freedom and especially our kids, you know, aimed at our kids. But in addition to the material things they're trying to dissolve, like mm -hmm. worship and commerce and schools, you know, in-person schools, because mm -hmm. these empower humans, right? And it's a war against humans. Yeah. Um, there's also a goal is to change our culture and to change in exactly the way that I experienced last night to change it into from a decency and kindness and equality culture into a hate, hate and violence and discrimination culture. And that that's what they've accomplished largely. You know, it's fascinating to me in my journey in this lifetime, you know, to watch when I was younger growing up, I have Jewish heritage. My mom's from Israel uh, and um, my dad was from Brooklyn. So we had, you know, more of a liberal heritage viewpoint of, of the world. And of course, I, I've transitioned a lot in my view of the world because I've seen that 
those on this so-called liberal view, which is not the same as classical liberalism at all in terms of the history of it, uh, have become the, the most overt fascist in our culture. And there was a time when I grew up, I looked at the so the Christian right as the ones that we're trying to suppress and censor and all. And right. now they're the ones that are the most vocal in defense of, of freedom. And even freedom. in those they disagree with. And that was like, Oh, what yeah. happened? How did the, the left flip on its head and go and not recognize what the, the, I know some have, but by and large, these see people seem to be hypnotized. Yeah, they do. You're right. You're right. Um, I mean, people like uh, Matthias, Desmet have talked about mass formation psychosis. Mm -hmm. um, I, I'm really interested in cults. Um, you know, I've done research on cults. I think there's, there, you know, cult indoctrination um, and also uh, abusers and, you know, cults and abusers are very similar, mm -hmm. but I, I see a very um, cult-like and kind of gendered abuse aspect to what has happened to these people in the sense that you know, you get someone to uh, join a cult by initially isolating them, bombarding them with scary, disorienting information, cutting them off from their context, making it, you know, creating learned helplessness in them, um, and then uh, introducing a, a narrative of, um, you know, a group cohesion, and, and then the scariest thing is being ejected from the group. So people will go along with anything, and they're told they can't survive outside the group. Mm -hmm. um, and so they'll they'll go along with anything in order to, um, to stay in the group, because they see survival lives there. And the same mm -hmm. thing with abusers, you, you know, male abusers of women, typically, they'll um, do the same thing, they'll isolate the abused woman, they'll, uh, you know, break her down psychologically, they'll bombard her with fear, they'll make they'll make things confusing and disorienting, you don't know where the next thing is coming from blows and kisses mm -hmm. intersperse. And, you know, finally, she gives up hope and, and she loses her agency and she, you know, chooses to yeah. stay. And, and, she, they, and they embrace the abuser and they defend the abuser. And I, and I see a lot of that, as you're pointing out, manifesting uh, this mass formation psychosis, as some have, have called it. By the way, if you're just tuning in the Robert Scott Bell Show, a great guest for the first time, Dr. Naomi Wolf is with us. She's got something called dailyclout.io. I don't understand the .io. I can't keep up with all the Indian dots. Ocean. It's just .com was too expensive. <laughs> sure. Okay, <laughs> I got it. I, so, yeah, y'all check this out. <clears throat> great articles there, including her own. Um, you know, we have one linked up uh, right now uh, that talks about uh, the vaccine issue. The country, you cannot speak of this, but uh, uh, Dr. Chris Flowers has submitted an article there. It's great. Vaccine trials for infants and children show little to no benefit. Um, also, a, a great, again, this is the intellectual aspect of digging deep into some of the historical perspectives here. You have a piece on the uh, Roe versus Wade ruling, right? Is losing Roe actually a feminist outcome? You know, it, this has been a hot button topic issue that you, you couldn't discuss because just there was no way that Twain can meet. At the same time, I think when we talk about the Constitution and look at law, good law, bad law, law that has basis in the Constitution, you'd say, I think Roe inevitably was going to be overturned, but the those that support abortion actually condemn themselves to this inevitability. And I think you make some of those arguments as well. And they just basically threw it back to the states. And I find it interesting that those that are protesting in states that are fully engaged in being able to provide these services for those that want them uh, are like, do you, do you realize that it wasn't banned? Uh, it's, it, it's just more or less the honoring of federalism, which is what the intent of the founders was for, uh, I think, good reason. 
Yeah, no, there's a lot of ignorance out there. And you're, you're exactly right in how you characterize my essay. And I, I think it's really aligned with the other arguments I've been making um, about, you know, this totalitarian overreach. And I, I think the court was reacting both to feminist pro-choice overreach over the last 20 years and to federal overreach mm. in the last two years. Um, so yes, I, I did make the case in that essay and I'm pro-choice in the first trimester with a lot of like trepidation and soul searching um, for the reason that we discussed earlier. You you know, there it, I've looked at it from every perspective and even though I always feel like abortion is a tragedy, um, I don't see how women can have any kind of equality in this in this society or any society if they can't terminate an abortion in the first trimester. But, um, you know, I did make the case that the feminist movement, you know, had the majority of the country when it was adult women, safe, legal and rare, you know, first trimester, but they kept pushing. So they pushed for uh, later and later term abortions and, and you lose progressive support, but also it's like grotesque, you know, like anyone who's had a baby, knows that at second and third trimester, it's a baby, you know, it's a being, it reacts, mm. it's feels pain, it, you know, it, it's, it's a, not something that, you know, you should just kill, uh, as if it's, as if it's nothing, or as if it's a clump of cells. Um, and probably there's a state interest in, in not killing a second and third yeah. trimester fetus. Um, and that's legitimate. And, uh, by the same token, you know, most people agree adult women should make their own decisions about this in the first trimester with their doctors. Um, but they, you know, the pro-choice movement pushed to have teens, mm. teenage women, 14-year-olds, 15-year-olds having abortions without disclosing mm. to their parents, without parental consent. And uh, that's, to me, looking back, so many of the things that the left has introduced in the last 30 years seem clearly to be veiled Marxism right, mm -hmm. veiled Marxist totalitarianism via the CCP because it, there's a constant thread of alienating kids from their parents, weakening family authority, weakening the family unit and substituting, you know, who's gonna help a 14 year old or 15 year old understand the implications of terminating her own pregnancy, terminating the life of this fetus, strangers who don't know the child, you know, yeah. who have no, who will never see her again versus her own parents, you know, whatever yeah. the which is. It, it's, it would be hard to distinguish too the now the, the the growing absurdity of saying that children can determine their own gender identity by surgically altering themselves. Equally appalling. Equally yeah. appalling. And and by the way, when I say these are CCP driven mm -hmm. um, policies to destroy our country, which is increasingly what I believe, um, the the push for you know teens to have gen re gender assignment reassignment surgery is not coming from the LGBTQ community. This, you know, incredibly explicit sex ed or confusing sex ed to elementary school kids, it's not coming from the LGBTQ community. It's coming from our adversaries um, through, you know, various nonprofits and cutouts to just mess up our culture and confuse our culture and, and create division, foster yeah. division. Same thing with the racial um, discourse that's not unifying, right? Um, it's, it's one thing to acknowledge racism in our history and in our present and another to mm. uh, create an air, a narrative in which sure. some races are good and some races are bad. That's totally un-American. Mm -hmm. um, so all of these things go back to the war that I see being waged against us. And and the final overreach when it comes to abortion is um, 
asking people to fund it federally. And, right. you know, I know a yeah. lot of very moderate people who are uh, Catholic or who are Orthodox Jews who are like, that's your decision. If you're an adult woman mm-hmm. or an adult, you know, I can't tell you what to do, but don't make me pay for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are reasonable positions. But by pushing so hard to move the goalposts of abortion into yeah. like more and more grotesque and monstrous territory, um, they lost mm-hmm. They lost the middle. And I think that it was the right decision because, mm-hmm. uh, as I point out in my essay, you know, and they point this out in their opinion, which is actually very well worded, um, by, by sending it back to the states, you're sending it back to women uh, because women are the majority of voters in the states. Yeah, very good point. And, you know, I would ask those that are, are let's say, in favor of abortion at any point or, you know, in the first trimester to also acknowledge those that have a deeply held religious belief or conviction that life starts at conception to understand why, if you believe that truly, of course, you're going to try and limit or eliminate abortion, you know, as an option or maybe dissuade people from ever engaging in it. But this is a contention that you can never, you know, if you don't believe it begins there and then you do, you're not, you have a fundamental disagreement that's always going to be contentious. The question is whether we are manipulated into further violence, you know, in, in either direction. And right now we're seeing more violence perpetrated by the political left. Whereas back in the day, I remember the the so-called conservative Christian right would engage in their own Maybe they were, you know, one-offs and isolated. I don't say everybody and, and, and on either side right. of this equation, but we're seeing just kind of this flip of the, the script that I've just witnessed in my life. I look back constantly, I go, how the heck did we get here? And it didn't happen it, overnight. I recognize that. So quickly. Um, yeah. yeah. No, I remember what you're talking about. The liberals used to be the reasonable, peace-loving, <laughs> you know, free speech. They spoke out against war, for goodness sake. And then you suddenly find the libertarian conservative people going, hey, this warfare state is a problem. And now the liberals are cheering for more, you know, engagement. Yeah, yeah I world. stand with, uh, yeah, I stand with Ukraine. Um, $40 billion for, for Ukraine. Uh, yeah, you're you're completely right. Um, I do want to caution, though, you know, I, mm-hmm. I, I said earlier that in the bodies of others, I make the case that a war is being waged against us as a nation and as the West. And uh, it's a war unlike earlier wars. It's not a shooting war. It's not bombs dropping on us. It's um, it's subversion. It's what uh, tacticians call tenderizing the enemy. So our border is open. Our food supply is being disrupted. Our uh, culture is being turned upside down. Our, our, our symbols of our nation are being perverted, um, you know, and they're doing the same to Canada and, and all over Western Europe. I mean, I just saw a, a link, uh, you know, should people be ashamed to fly the Canada Canadian flag on Canada Day? Like this is all coming from our adversaries. Right. It is a sophisticated um, subversion of our institutions and of our media to uh, to really create no no nation for us mm-hmm. anymore and for our kids. Um, no nation to be proud of. I mean, I I. I, I wished a young woman a year ago, you know, happy 4th of July. And she said, don't talk to me about this country. That's what kids are learning. Um, So it's very easy to occupy eventually or take over, destroy or invade a country in which no one knows what the country means anymore. And no one's proud of it and no one's willing to fight for it. So I guess when you mentioned violence, I would also say, let's look at, I I encourage people to look at all the violence around us from the left and the right. Sure. January 6th same thing i was saying the same thing look at it skeptically because our adversaries in internal and external want the violence they mm, they want the discord and division of course they put the provocateurs mm. there and and it's very easy to do i'm i'm mm. married to um someone who spent 
12 years in military intelligence and, and is now private investigator. And there's a whole industry of people who can be hired to just go, you know, go disrupt that meeting, go disrupt no. that protest. Agents provocateur, it used to be called, right? And exactly. uh, it's very real. It happens in many events. And yet you got to be so cautious when you're at these events, you may have a, a sincere interest. And in a lot of people I've met over the last two and a half years from a lot of different backgrounds in terms of their politics as well. Religious beliefs have come together and recognized something that is quite horrific when we know the historical precedent, like we keep coming back to the Nazi Germany experience yeah. of 20th century. And we go, are we, are we, you know, cause it didn't happen. That didn't happen overnight. You talk about the years, it, all the things that led up to it. And when we bring that up, suddenly it's like, it's, e it's kind of easy for the, uh, the legacy media to dismiss. Cause you mentioned the word Nazi is like, Oh, dismiss that argument. But there's genuine, uh, you know, say uh, intellectual, let's say grabbing points that are legitimately happening again. And I look at our friends in Israel, uh, mm -hmm. you know, I have family in Israel and I'm like, how did you fall for this? Of all people, it's the most recent and you're going for, you know, special uh, yellow kind of stars to be able to get into places based on vaccination status. If the Jews can forget that history, Yad Vashem, they said, never forget. Then we're all vulnerable to forget and repeat this disaster, these disasters? Yeah. I mean, I share, you know, as a Jew, I share your astonishment, but you're, I mean, whenever words and phrases and ideas are, are, are stigmatized, it's really worth paying more mm. attention to them yeah. because social media and, and even AI now can stigmatize words and ideas on yeah. a grand scale. And I explain this in the bodies of others, how they do it. Um, so conspiracy theorist, right? that has been weaponized. I'm often called a conspiracy theorist. It's been weaponized to discourage people from, um, you know, investigative citizen thinking journalism. Critically. Yeah. yeah, and critical thinking, exactly. Mm -hmm. um, hypotheses, you know, a hypothesis mm -hmm. is a conspiracy theory. If you, if you ask who could this be, whom could this be benefiting, you're attacked as a conspiracy theorist. So mm -hmm. that just does really well to defend the bad guys who mm -hmm. are aligning, and I'm a former, political consultant to a vice president and to a presidential campaign, the most senior people in the country align with no fingerprints to direct outcomes. And if you can't ask questions about that, because you'll be mm. called a conspiracy theorist, it protects, you know, them as well as the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, the World Health Organization, all these people mm. who are aligning to wage war against humanity right now. Um, you, you mentioned Nazis. Um, you know, if you can never, I mean, I've been called an anti-Semite and I'm Jewish. Yeah. I'm a super Jewish lady, right? For, for you know, saying this period is like the, the early Nazi period. And so and you're exactly right. Anyone who studies the history of that period should know it did not start with the Reichstag fire. It right. did not start with, um, you know, goose stepping brown shirts mm, it started yeah. with exactly what we're seeing now at 1930 to 1933 it's not 1945 yet but mm. it's totally 1930 1933 when people need to be aware the national socialists before they were formally in power deputized doctors and the medical establishment mm. at the very vanguard mm. of every profession they, they went ahead of every other profession that were deputized by the nazis to um identify life worthy of life unworthy of life mm -hmm. and to create a kind of eugenicist mentality and discourse and ideology mm -hmm. uh, in which doctors were separating 
unworthy children, children who were impaired, children who were slow, who were physically mm -hmm. imperfect from perfect specimens, and then ultimately, you know, shipping them off to be heard from no more by their families. That was doctors. Yeah. And uh, later on, of course, nine or 10 years later with J Joseph Mengele, there were actual medical experiments in, in the camps. Yeah. But much earlier on, you, you, they developed exactly these little, these kinds of things that happened to me yesterday, you know, and, and you look at stories of, you know, in the early 30s of, of Germans looking at their neighbors being forced to scrub things off the sidewalk or yeah. not being allowed into stores. That is literally what happened to me last night. I was not wow. allowed to yeah. a store because of literally who I am. Yeah. And, and, um, Stunning. so we it, should, we should be aware that this, this opens the door to what we're seeing genocidal policies around the world, mm -hmm. like quarantine camps in Australia, yeah. in, in Washington state and in New York state, they're trying to, uh, rush through regulations for mm -hmm. the board of health to detain us in quarantine camps. And Stunning. the last thing I want to say about Nazis, unless I'm going on too long. Is, no, you're doing great. Thank you. <laughs> is, um, you know, I mentioned these 3000 experts we have reading the Pfizer documents. Mm -hmm. So I agree with you that it's a crime against humanity on a Nazi scale or bigger than a Nazi yeah. scale, because I'm now fully convinced from having seen the 23 reports of these volunteers mm. you can read them on daily clout having seen the scale of the harms and having seen the way that you can use variation in dosages to uh to selectively kill people yeah or maim them uh and and now that i've seen that the vast majority of harms and deaths were in north america and western europe mm -hmm. out of a global rollout and now that I've seen the Chinese ownership of the tech of Pfizer and 100% Chinese ownership in the SEC filing as of 2021, China, not a Chinese person, not a Chinese company, China owns the tech for everyone who's injected with a Pfizer vaccine in 2022. We don't fully yet know what that means, but we know that mm -hmm. China's in charge and, and in the West, celebrities are dropping dead soccer stars are dropping dead teachers are dropping dead politicians are dropping dead it is the easiest thing in the in the world from what i now know in these Pfizer documents to to use these vaccines in a way to maim our armed forces yeah. maim our pilots maim our doctors and nurses and and wipe out the west and and that's weapon weaponized medicine folks um this is something that i've been covering for uh, 23 years on the show you know as I was raised pharmaceutically with doctors in my family. Pretty typical. My son, the doctor, you know, it's like a Jewish tradition. And I'm like, I'm so over it. The synagogues, the rabbis praising the doctors of the community. If you look at what you just said, Naomi, the history of some of the most horrible atrocities of, of the 20th, now 21st century visited on us by guess what? Licensed, ordained medical doctors. And that includes the mRNA injections that they are, you know, blindly following orders, which was not an excuse as we learned of, you know, with the Nuremberg code that emerged as such. And, uh, you know, move forward to this point. I lost the picture for, uh, Naomi. Is, is she still with us? Super Don? Are you still with us, Naomi? Did we lose her? I hope her battery didn't die there because she's terrific. I'm just having a great time discussing this. There's so many different directions I want to go, uh, with her. Uh, so super Don, let me know if, uh, if we can bring her back into the mix here. Uh, one of the things that uh, I would say, um, oh, I was, I was going to share this story. Uh, my buddy RC was here with his girlfriend and they have a, well, she has a six-year-old son from a previous marriage. Very, very wonderful visit. Uh, she's telling me about her father and I, I won't name her father, but he's a somewhat famous musician from the Bay Area. 
and he's worked with a lot of bands you know over the years including journey steve miller band and so he's very much immersed in the uh, musical history if you will of the the, the 20th century particularly the 70s 60s 70s 80s and, and such and he's even put out an album recently it's fantastic but he's you know, didn't want to get the jab, did not want to get the shot. Of course, surrounded all of his friends are musicians, very left leaning in politics. And they were insisting, you've got to get the jab or you're not, you know, with us, you're against us. It's like kind of George Bush language. And he's like, oh, I don't want this. And he finally broke down and said, okay, I'll get the, uh, I think it was the, was it the Pfizer? Which one was the shot that was like only one? And you'd have to get multiples. And he did. He says, look, I'm doing this for you. I don't want this shot. If something happens to me, it's your fault, right? He just put it out that way. And they're like, oh, okay, you got the shot. But now with all the boosters, are all mRNAs. Like, I, I can't, I'm not going to do it. Now they're suddenly going, no, you can't come around anymore. And he's connected to some groups around, you know, the Bay Area, uh, looking as he has been to, who is aligned with my thought on this shot, this jab? And you find out, oh, my gosh, they're largely of a different political persuasion. And there are groups that we've talked about that have been meeting, make Americans free again, different groups that in certain areas, it's been right out in the open. Hey, come on together. Let's, ha let's enjoy each other's company. We're not afraid. We're not locking down. We're not shutting down. And yet in the Bay Area, he says, these people are afraid to actually acknowledge that they're part of these groups. I mean, I think about the fear, the fear of simply communicating to other Americans that you have a belief system and that you have, a, you want to get together and chat about what you believe. And these people are having to do it in secret in America. And this is specifically in the Bay area. I'm sure it, it occurs in some other areas, but by and large, that's a next level scenario of degradation. Kind of what, what Dr. Naomi Wolf was talking about where we are, where we have been transiting, if you will, to historical mistakes or atrocities. Yes, we're not at 1945 yet, but the all of the warning signs are there. And so if this musician, this brilliant musician who's friends with all of, you know, the musical community now is afraid to say that he, you know, wants to participate in a group that's speaking out about the masks might not actually work, the jabs might not work, and on and on it goes. It's like, wow, what a strange scenario we're visiting. Oh, we got Dr. Naomi Wolf back. There you are. Yeah. Oh. Sorry, I, this is not my most high-tech day. I apologize. No worries. It's good to see you again. I, I've been thoroughly enjoying our discussion. I hope you're enjoying it as well. Of course I am, yes. This to me is an example of, of, of what must occur everywhere, if we can, is to have intellectual discussions, debates, what it does, it just to be able to talk to one another. Yeah. And I was just mentioning about a musician, a father of a friend of mine, who you know has played with Steve Miller Band and Journey, all these things, and, and he's afraid in the Bay Area because he's connected to now groups that are afraid to acknowledge that we meet, we have to meet in secret to talk about these things that we're talking about out in the open. Yeah, no, I mean, think about that. And you think how far the liberal left at this point is not illiberal in the real sense of the word is, has, has descended or moved away from any semblance of what we think is, is a normal human interaction, much less an American ideal where we would support freedom of speech, even, or especially that which we disagreed with. That's why it was written. Uh, and like, gosh, what a tragedy we're witnessing at the same time. I try to find reason to celebrate. It's Independence Day weekend, for goodness sake. Yeah. And, and, and I want to find those origin points of commonality. And, and Naomi, I'd have to ask you from the standpoint of, you know, honoring the origin points of this country. Sure, we've gotten things wrong and there have been things back in the day that we're not we don't do anymore. But 
where is that ideal where the right and left can come together and say, you know, that freedom is something that we all should be aligned on. Like, as I talked about my mother in Israel before it was Israel, hanging out with the Arabs, the Christians, all in the, you know, the markets and having coffee right. together. And until the governments got involved and said, you right. must hate and fear one another, they were having, hanging out and having a good time. You know, I'm really glad you talk about that because, um, I've, I've done some research about that and it's, it's absolutely true before, before the, you know, before the state of Israel was, was created, uh, it, it, Palestine was a multi-ethnic peaceful society for the most mm -hmm. part, um, where people from all kinds of religions and backgrounds got along really, really well. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah. And right now, I mean, one of the reasons that during the lockdowns, um, we were prevented from gathering in churches and synagogues, gathering in town halls in person, is that the kind of conversation you can have with someone who totally disagrees with you in person is very different. Or if you're doing something together, like, you know, a community garden or, you know, worshiping or, you know, bowling or whatever we used to do together, it's a very different conversation. And you're much more likely to educate each other, reach some kind of reasonable ground in your thinking than mm -hmm. if we're all locked in our homes, uh, forbidden to go outside at the risk of being fined if we gather with each other and all, we get all of our information from algorithms that are inflaming us and dividing mm -hmm. us further. Um, that said, it is literally a tragic moment because now even when I'm in person seeing, I mean, look, I'm gonna just acknowledge everything you're saying. I mean, I literally, I'm still a liberal, but I, I literally tell conservatives these days and libertarians that they're the ones holding the country together and saving the country. And right now I do hear from liberals, you know, who I don't consider liberals anymore, but people on the left, you know, when they disagree with something, they don't say, here's why I disagree with you. They say overwhelmingly, I'm disappointed in you, or that's emotionally manipulative, or I'm triggered. They won't have a discussion. Right. You know, I run a news site. I mean, you're really tapping a nerve here, but yeah. I run a news and opinion site and we have no shortage of conservative commentators. Uh, we have a really good uh, columnist who is paid for probably by the fossil fuel industry. Uh, but he's, you know, he, he writes really good pieces about why we shouldn't do away with fossil fuels. Well, of course I want an opposing position. I go to my friends on the left who are all about green energy. And mm. I'm like, just rebut him. You know, just give me a, an op-ed countering his points. Why is it bad to have a balanced portfolio? What's gonna happen to, you know, freighters and tankers if we run out of fossil fuels, et cetera, mm. and, or if we don't use them. And and they're like, you should, I'm disappointed in you, you shouldn't even run him. Well, it's like, mm -hmm. just rebut him. Back yeah. in America, we used to just rebut people. Here are the points that he laid out, just kind of counter just it, go indeed. ahead. But they yeah. won't do it. Yeah. And and so it's, it's becoming like emotional violence to even try to talk mm. to liberals anymore. <laughs> yeah. So mortifying, but this, again, this is intentional. It's intentional. Sure. Um, there's a, <laughs> there's a, a you know weaponization of ideology on college campuses and uh, and the turning of words and ideas into into uh, recategorizing re them as harm mm -hmm. or you know hate speech equivalent or, to actual bullets in a sense a, a right? microaggressions yeah. and and what that does is it's creating a generation that i dread to see it of young people who cannot hold still long enough to examine an idea from more mm -hmm. than one point of view and who will huff out of the room or, you know, mm. unplug or, you know, cancel you or whatever, if you try to have an opinion different 
from mm -hmm. from theirs and and that is the ruination of our country on a happier note i do see many millions of people i'm hearing from who consider themselves right now politically homeless mm -hmm. they're completely alienated from the left but they're things that you know i personally will have a hard time fully voting republican ever unless there's some sort of reasonable platform about the environment and LGBTQ rights and, and abortion rights. I mean, those are just important to me. And I believe there could be a reasonable platform that Republicans could put together. But the point being, there's a, a vast middle of this country that, and even people on both sides that realize that, you know what, another day we can argue about abortion or, mm. you know, fossil fuels, but right now we gather just to save the constitution. Right. I mean, at yeah. the end of May, our sovereignty was going to be dissolved by the World Health Organization with a mm -hmm. treaty that would have uh, dissolved the sovereignty of 190 nations yeah. in the name of public health. We narrowly avoided that. They're not mm -hmm. going to give up. You know, this yeah. is full out war against us and we have to unite to save our republic. Yeah, you're right. And, and Naomi, on the point of environmentalism, I, I think about our uh, uh, it's like maybe the appeal to authority in that we've we've exalted doctors to such a status in our culture that, you know, homeopaths like me. And again, I was raised allopathically with doctors. We're never invited to the table of discussion, you know, to engage in. Hey, what is now I've seen in the last couple of years, doctors have become very open to my point of view and wow. pass an herbalist because they've seen the failure of their own profession and, and the, the dominance and, and the limitation of thought and critical thinking on these issues. So there are some good things occurring. But I think about the environmentalist movement and we ignore the most primary environment, which is the environment of the body. And those yeah. people very, very rarely will speak out against the pollution of the body on an individual basis by these uh, drugs that are just given out like candy by a prescription, like an antibiotic that some people say, oh, we will all die without them. My children, 22 and 17, have never had an antibiotic. Wow. It's not that they've never been sick and had infections. It's just like there are so many other ways to address infections that... We wouldn't need them if we were open or we rarely need them and then it wouldn't be problematic. What other, I'm really interested in herbalism and homeopathy. Yeah. What other ways are there to address infections? I thought those were pretty cut and dried needing antibiotics. Well, see, and, and to your point, again, to your intellectual integrity, I say it again. You say, of course, I got I want to know instead of <laughs> what? Couldn't be possible. And so, yes, as a homeopath, we work, I could name remedies, but, you know, like phosphorus and hypersulfur calcarium. I mean, these are things that have gotten through us through many infections, but the utilization of, of something like bioactive silver hydrosol, a trace oh. element like silver is a broad spectrum antimicrobial, well confirmed in the medical literature, not yeah. controversial, used to be in the, the Merck manual, for goodness sake, in the pharmacopoeia, wow. abandoned in the era of patented petrochemical medicines because of the Flexner report of 1910, Rockefeller and Carnegie, money in, we want patent protection and exclusivity, and we're going to wipe out all competition to allopathic thought forms, which was, well, we've identified this belief system. We don't even know if it's a belief system that every emotion, symptom, physical or otherwise is evidence of a deficiency of a mm. toxic poison approved by the Fear and Death Administration. You say it like that, and you're like, oh, yeah, that sounds really crazy. But I don't I grew up not knowing that either. And right. so I bring this up and I'm like, I can talk to the smartest docs and if they have any integrity left, they'll go, yeah, that's kind of silly. And yeah, I would like to use fewer antibiotics. It'd be great if I didn't have to use them at all. So it's not like they're opposed to it, but of course, those that own and control them, they got to sell their drugs, right? So the business of disease is disease perpetually. So again, this is part of the counterculture that shouldn't be counterculture because the origin of America is rooted in what? Natural medicine. 
It wasn't until I mean, the origin of humanity yeah. is rooted yeah. in natural medicine. We yeah. had natural medicine until 150 years ago. Yeah. So I, I point this out. It's like, I'm not alone. I mean, there are others that do this. Chiropractors, for instance, rarely vaccinate their children and their yeah. children are not dropping dead of every disease, really? they say. Yeah, right. on and on it goes. So we we have to look and broaden our, our, our view of the body. And I, that's why I brought up the environmentalism thing, because I think it's a, a blind spot in a sense. We're like yeah. all about this broader sense of oh, the interesting, but we're not and ignoring the terrain of this body. And we're allowing pollutions in the people that are vegans or eating genetically engineered vegetable proteins, but it's not an animal. I'm like, there's something missing there that there's a big gap. And that's what I've been after for a long time, trying to communicate. Somehow I'm still here, <laughs> but in a way that I think also acknowledges again, because I remember when I didn't know this stuff, I remember when I was programmed to believe certain things. And if I can changed and I feel like anybody could. And, and that's why, you know, I love what you do because again, what you've shown us right here in this interview is like curiosity about life. It's like, Oh, I hadn't encountered that. Let's, I, let's now dig into that. That shouldn't be so unusual, but thank I you. Know, I know. Can I, can I do I have a, a minute to jump in about um, yeah. natural health? Yes, please. Um, this so interests me because, well, many reasons, but one thing I noticed early on, and I, I do describe my journey about this in, in the bodies of others is that the guidance we were getting, stay indoors, uh, you know, playgrounds roped off, beaches roped off, no hiking, and and um, kind of nothing about nutrition, nothing about sunlight, nothing about fresh air was counter to uh, all the novels I'd ever read prior to modern medicine about how people dealt with infectious respiratory diseases that they had no cure for. Yeah. And that was sunlight, fresh air, cod liver oil with vitamin D, you know, um, don't not crowding, you know, open like tenements were supposed to be hotbeds of infectious disease because of the yeah. multi-generational crowding. You needed playgrounds, the whole playground movement, you know, so kids could build up their immunities and not get sick from these respiratory infectious diseases that they couldn't then treat with in other ways. And, and, and then I also remember listening online to, um, I noticed a, someone who ran a, a chain of elder care homes who said early on in the pandemic that they hadn't lost one of them because they took the elderly out every day to sit in the sun and socialize. Yeah. And they hadn't lost a single one. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow. Um, and so I, you know, kind of did my own research and talked to doctors who talk about vitamin D and things that I'm sure you know better than I do. But the point is, just by going back to wisdom about how to keep your immune, immune system strong, normal public health wisdom before this last two years mm -hmm. and up until the 1940s when yeah. other ways of dealing with tuberculosis and respiratory diseases uh, were invented, I've, you know, I don't mean to tempt fate, but I'm not vaccinated. I haven't gotten COVID. My husband and I are perfectly healthy and we do things like mm. sit, you know, sit in the sun every day. Right. I, I gather dandelions, you know, we take vitamin D, like all of these things. Yeah, so beautiful. I guess all I'm trying to say is mm -hmm. it, it's extraordinary to me. And, and the Dr. McCullough saved members of my family just mm. by the betadine rinse, yeah. you know, 1% betadine rinse, get to, to keep COVID from getting into mm -hmm. your lungs, into your body. Simple, simple things yep. that was like folk knowledge that was suppressed, but that's worked on human beings forever in terms yeah. of, you know, basic immunities. And it's just extraordinary to me that, that the guidance we were given was, you know, turned that upside mm -hmm. down to make people sicker and more vulnerable yeah. to this crime against humanity.
Yeah, as you know, uh, the profitability is in perpetual illness and managing it and creating it as well. And I've said that vaccines are the gateway intervention to a lifelong dependency due to in inducing chronic diseases that didn't well, you're occur right. before. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. And our, our volunteers found that the vaccines damage leukocytes, which are mm. the you know immune, immune system. Exactly. So. Oh, Dr. So Naomi Wolf, I've so enjoyed this discussion. I hope you have too. And I, I, I would be honored if you could ever consider coming back on the show and having more discussion like this. Uh, I think it's, it's so important, so healthy. I feel like my heart is happy when I get to do this. And um, if you in any way need assistance on a, that holistic thought form and what I've done over the years, I'm happy to help. And I think your friend, if it is your friend, Bill Maher has been, I've watched his career too. The one area where I find he's really on it was the, is the pharmaceutical stuff. And he, he's called it out for a long time. Uh, I know he's not, he doesn't do a lot of shows, but at the same point, your ability to influence folks with the way you go about it is so important, I believe. So uh, anything we can do to help folks, if you haven't picked up her new book, it's called uh, The Bodies of Others, The New Authoritarians, COVID-19 and the War Against the Human. It's a, it got Kindle availability right now in a hardcover version. We have it linked up in the show notes at robertscatbell.com. Uh, Naomi Wolf, again, thank, thank you, you for being on board. I uh, just thoroughly enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you so much. So did I, Mr. Bell. Thank you to your audience, too. Take care. All right. Hope you all enjoy another powerful woman standing up and thinking clearly and helping others. Uh, and you don't have to agree with her on everything. Obviously, there are things that you're going to find disagreement, but look at how you can engage and, and be better off for it. We're about at the break or a little beyond it. Shout out to our friends at UK Health Radio. We're going to pause for 60 seconds, be back with more powerful healing. The bonus rounds commences after I tell you that the power to heal is yours. I, I just don't. How cool was that, y'all? I dug it. I hope you enjoyed it too. Uh, you notice that time super Don, that one thing toward the end there, when I described raising kids without antibiotics and vaccines. And it's like, immediately it was like, Oh, I need to know about that. How refreshing was that response? Well, not only, not only was that cool, <clears throat> but your response was even cooler. And I'm sure everybody that was watching all saw the same thing that I did. It was like, suddenly you, you just got all excited. And you're just like, whoa, hey, and this and that, whatever. And I was just like, suddenly you got, you got like, like this boost. You were like super, like excited mm -hmm. about the fact that she had asked you that, um, and then you were able to to talk about the stuff. That she well, did. As, you, as you might imagine, how rare that is to witness yeah. Oh, yeah. in in real life, so to speak. You're, you're where, totally right. And you brought yeah. up the Bill Maher thing, you know, yeah. with her. So like, and, and it's like, you know, she falls right into that same category. And I don't mm -hmm. know if I, I don't know what her age is, mm -hmm. but. It's funny how it's like, you know, when you watch Bill Maher, he, he did a bit just recently where he was, uh, he was slamming the, uh, I, I hate to do it, but you know, it's, it's, you know, the millennials and, mm -hmm. and talking about, you know, uh, why they are way so far off base, mm -hmm. especially the, the ones that consider themselves, themselves liberals or progressives. Right. And he, he, he made this comedy. He was like, you know, uh, the reason why you guys complain about the boomers being in charge. He was like, this is the reason why we're in charge is because you guys are just like so far out there, nuts so crazy, mm -hmm. you know, that, that we're the ones that have the common sense right now. Right. And need to be in charge of things, you know? Mm -hmm. it, it's a great, I don't know if you've seen this say, I'll, I'll send you the link. I haven't seen segment. that one. No, it's I a great not. segment. Yeah. But in any case, um, 
Yeah, I mean, how cool is it for her to sit there and, you know, she's a, she's a liberal, right? Mm. But you guys are agreeing on... Yeah, stuff. she's also got and a like, PhD. She's, a, you know, no one would dispute her How does that happen? Intelligence, you know, right? it's like in today's yeah. world, you do you wait a minute, you're a liberal feminist? Mm-hmm. You, you can't, you know, you can't be on this show. You know, you can't agree with what it is that, that, that Robert's well, and, talking and, about. And given time, Super D, I, I would have engaged on, you know, her statement about uh, LGBTQ rights. I would, I would have asked, you know, can you explain to me how rights are, are, are granted to you via your, let's say, membership in a group? as opposed to being an individual thing. And, right. I, and I don't think she would have been offended by that, that we would have had an engaged discussion on a nuance of what it means to have what we call or what she would call what LGBTQ. What is the definition right? of that? Right. So we would mean? actually yeah. kind of, yeah. it would be another layer of, oh, this is what they are saying. This is what we are perceiving. Here's what they really mean kind of thing. Right. That, and that's, that's kind of the, the, the you know, basis with which if we have discussions like this, we can get past the Hegelian dialectic control. And also she it was fascinating because she had, a, a, you know, her husband in, in na- I think, naval intelligence or something at the l- high level going, dude, this is Chinese Communist Party stuff. CCP mm-hmm. di- just really trying to disrupt what is left of the integrity of America. And these young people falling prey to the suggestion and hating America all to the benefit of a country that would just come in and imprison you and slaughter you. And yet they're playing right into the hands again we come back to collectivism and i would have brought up with naomi given time again maybe we'll get to do this another time there's so many directions that she was speaking i'm like oh i want to go here oh i want to go here it's like you just got to relax and roll with it and it was a fun fun interaction for me i hope everybody did enjoy it but other aspects of collectivism i would have gone into medicine and i was going to bring up at one point you know the the jabs for children right how do we talk about the the uh, dose size and they said well six months to five years of age, it's 25 micrograms. And I'm thinking, how is that at all scientific? You're going to give a six-month-old baby the same dose as a six-year-old or vice versa? Tell me how that makes any intellectual sense, much less scientific sense. And then we get into the idea of collectivism. Modern medicine has descended into collectivism. But she acknowledged the role of doctors going back to Nazi Germany or before and after. And so for all of those reasons, I think having those discussions like we just had, I think, could go a long way. No, it's not going to reach the most just shut down illiberal liberal of today, leftist, much less conservative. Because the other thing I would have brought up too is how moving forward in the election process, there are certainly plenty of Republicans that are bought and sold by the pharmaceutical church. No, oh, sure. I mean, I know, mean, if we're going to be honest, yeah. yeah. So I mean, that's that's true. One side is you know, it's 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 not as easy as saying Republicans. There's good some Democrats really bad similarities, but there are some distinctive differences as well. But it's the mm-hmm. similarities that uh, that a lot of people don't, uh, you know, the similarities like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's just uh, yeah. I, I can only imagine that you know, at some point, uh, the whole group of them were all in some room just laughing and slapping each other on the back. Yeah, you know, about a lot of the stuff that's going on. Well, thanks to Kevin Tuttle. I think he was the one that was able to finally find a, a way to get Naomi Wolf on the show. Mm-hmm. It was great. And look, Courtney was amazing too, wasn't she? Yeah. What, the things she had overcome to do what, what she is it with these? Oh what gosh. is it with these Friday women shows? I, I love it. I, They're I really good. <laughs> they are really awesome. You know, and I've said this over the years, you know, uh, between our raw masculinity going, we need some women in here to balance this out, right? And, you know, uh, you know, it's happened. It's happening and quite organically. And, and thankfully, Kevin Tuttle is all there uh, to help us uh, plug into that. So we're going to see Kevin and Scott Shera and so many of our, our, our friends 
at the Red Pill Expo in uh, Indianapolis, Indiana coming up. Also want to remind you folks that are growing in your garden, or even if you're not, you're dealing with little buggies that you don't like around and in and around your house and stuff. Man, oh man, have you gotten Orange Guard yet? Go to orangeguard.com, check it out, pick some up. And as uh, I was talking with Tor McPartland, and he's like really a real life hippie guy. He's a cool guy. I've known him for years. We, we hadn't connected in a long time. Just a great guy. And I think he's in like, I don't know if it's Santa Cruz or somewhere really crunchy granola sweet. You know, it's Southern California. Southern California somewhere. Yeah. yeah. And uh, he said, yeah, the 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 Ace Hardwares have, have picked up. A lot of them have the Orange Guard more so than the Lowe's and Home Depots. Because I remember at some point it might have been in there. Uh, but also Whole Foods. Or you can get it direct, orangeguard.com. And you support a good company. That really is, when we talk about environmentalism, it's like, why where see how many environmentalists like on the left are still using roundup at home that was my point about poisoning the body and i and i see naomi was lit up she could see what i was saying about that that cognitive dissonance in that realm as well um so how have the uh the viewers and listeners been in the chat room super d any anything going on i should know about in the bonus round here Kathy C, like Naomi, even though she's a conservative, Kathy says. I said that, yeah. It's like, See, what's not oh, polite? Wait a minute, you can't do that. Get out of here. You right, get off I this know. show. Right. You, hey, you hey, can't, you know. no. Traitor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, Bolden. Uh, ah, Michael Bolden. This has been really good. And Bolden, you were great yesterday on the show, even though you weren't on it technically, but the encore was great. Well, good good one-two punch with Emord to Bolden yesterday on the show. Yeah, uh, I thought it pre-record. was. I thought it was good. Great. Um, let's see here. Yeah, well, anyway. Anywho, all right, so what do we got going on here? Let's take a look at, we are in a new month. Happy, happy July to everybody. Can't and um, July coming up, already. Coming up on, on Monday. Yeah. Um, I think we'll, we'll, we're probably going to be doing, it'll either be a pre-recorder or an encore. Yeah, because Brighteon.tv doesn't have any uh, live like programs yeah, that so day. Yeah, so we don't have to worry job. about Brighteon. So, well, the yeah. thing is, <clears throat> if I did record an interview, I could record one that you could submit to them. Yes, in advance. I already took care of it. They're oh, just you did. Playing okay. it encore. All right. No. Okay. So, uh, yeah, Monday is Independence Day. Um, if prayers are answered, and look, this is to me a little bit selfish, but. I want it. I want Michael, but well, he's my friend too. Of course, it's more than just, I want to do another independence day, spectacular interview with Michael Badnarik. He's back in the hospital. He's been in and out so many times in the last year. It's the guy, guy's amazing. So resilient despite it all. And I know that, uh, you know, there's expiration dates on these bodies that we are in. And I, you know, I just don't, I'm not looking forward to not having Michael Badnarik available as a call up and chat and chit chat about all kinds of cool stuff and much less have adventures together. And, I'm so right. glad for any of you that were able to be uh, at the Advanced Medicine Conference to see him in action at the luncheon uh, lecture, which was so great uh, as well. But, I, I, you know, who's to know what, what comes next? But as I said, send some good thoughts or prayers to our friend Michael Badnarik in the hospital. Hopefully he gets back out and gets back on the show. And, uh, again, we uh, send our condolences to the family and those who loved and appreciated so much Zev Zelenko and the good work that he did. Unfortunately, we, need, we never got him on the show as much as uh, we'd, I'd love to interview him as well. Uh, but uh, Zeb has passed from this place. I'm glad Carrie Monday is recovering. That's great news. And yeah. how interesting that Courtney has an interview with 
Kerry Mate just happened like I don't just know happens, within, yeah, before that happens. that event just occurred. But what a crazy uh, situation! I mean, I I just I don't know this for a fact, but I'm thinking a lot of most people, probably more people than not, that get into a plane crash do not survive. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah. this was this was one of those those uh, exceptions to the rule. I sent you a. I think I forwarded you an email about um, Andy Wakefield's thoughts about. Um, yeah, I haven't had a chance yeah, to read it yet. Blanco. I don't know if you can open up the visual of it, but it's a powerful visual. Stand it's by for just a second. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, Super Don's got to take care of something real quick. I don't know if it's the midges outside or what's going on. Um, but, uh, yeah, we're Independence Day weekend. What are you guys going to do this weekend? Is there a way that you can actually celebrate in the midst of all the things that we look around and go, holy crap, the Chinese Communist Party is taking over? <laughs> As Naomi put pointed out, a lot of the CCP activity weakening our nation artificially by inducing young people to hate everything about the country despite the goodness and the you know and that was another thing i would have brought up with naomi too is like think about all the i hate america crowd from the left i'm like going tell me what country has advanced women's rights so to speak or equality more than the united states of america point to that one country right and you go well there may be others in the western style democracies that have been good on it but i don't know that they're any better than what we've done as opposed to places where they still subjugate women overtly too. Uh, those are just some thoughts that are flowing through me right now. So where was I when you had to step out of it? You were wanting me to bring up the Zev Zelenko thing from, um, Oh, Andy Wakefield. Yeah. Andy Wakefield. I was, so it was me... just, a, it's a powerful image. And I think it's a brief quote or something that was worthwhile to, to point out. Everything's linked up in the show notes for the most part at robertscottbell.com. The stories we covered today and, Links to our guests and the books and things like that. Uh, hope that you'll uh, take advantage of all the wonderful offers and deals. And welcome if you just joined me from the uh, Cardio Miracle webinar last night on energy. And yeah, energy how'd drinks. that go? I, I think it was really, it was a I whole different one. I popped in for just a minute, and yeah. it was really cool to see you and, uh, and Lisa Hill. Uh, Lisa Hill. Yeah. And Lisa, of course, Shannon, we know of so. originally from Silver Right Pillow, the silver threaded pillows we all sleep on here. Hopefully you all do that. Uh, she was terrific, and she's actually got nursing background, so we got to talk a lot about the things that she had even seen as a nurse uh, related to uh, um, dangers that could occur from these highly caffeinated sports drinks or or, or sugary uh, uh, energy drinks, et cetera, on top of all the COVID crazy uh, shots that are causing cardiovascular events. So uh, let's see. Oh, you found it. Okay, good. Yeah, when you bring, when you're there, bring it up. Let's look at it real quick. Everybody go full screen on that can i know i have to keep talking no silence allowed <laughs> it's taking me a second here because i'm having to do it out of the uh out of email oh okay i've, I've got to do it there just it right here all yeah, right yeah. i think that'll work here that so looks good let's take you out of there and i'll put you in there okay so let's see can you expand expand it a little bit in other words um, uh, okay. magnify it one more time so this is from Andy Wakefield. He says, I recently had the privilege of meeting Dr. Vladimir Zelenko. Uh, I, I keep saying Zev, I apologize. Vladimir Zelenko. And hearing him speak, an observant Jew, he talked to a packed house in a Christian church. He moved the audience, many to tears, with his gentle courage, his humanity, and his wisdom. To be there and to share a stage with this dear man was such an honor. Godspeed, Andy. I don't know if there's something underneath it, but maybe it just acknowledges his life. Yeah. Um, he says... You don't go to war with the army you wish you had. You go to war with the army you've got, Dr. Vladimir. Oh, Zev Zelenko, that was the, uh, mm -hmm. I apologize, that was his nickname. 
1973. Gosh, I was older than him. That's yeah. crazy to think about that, these people that have come and gone. But thank you to Andy Wakefield, a man of great integrity as well, acknowledging uh, Zev Zelenko as well. So thank you for that. There we are. And uh, let's see, any other questions, comments coming in through the chat room today? Miracle Monday. Still got to figure out what, what we're doing for Sunday's broadcast on radio, at least another hour of something that we can put together real quickly. Uh, and then, you know. Or we can make it a holiday weekend. Part, well, yeah, but didn't we have to do an encore inadvertently last <laughs> Sunday? That upsets me, you know, that we were like, not nothing new on a Sunday broadcast, even one little hour. I mean, I can do it myself if I have to, Super D, uh, just to get it out of the way. But, you know, I'm obsessed. I can't let it go. I'm pumped up. Your healthy radio addiction. Oh, wait a minute. That was somebody else. That was somebody else, yeah. Um, yeah, okay. Well, we'll so, I think I, I've got, I've got, oh, actually, I'm not available tomorrow. Okay. I got to go help my sister paint tomorrow at her new house. That's the one that lives like 90 minutes away from you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So if, if if I even recorded something myself, you'd be back. You could take care of that then. Yeah. You wouldn't have to be part of it unless no. I screw up I on mean, the audio could, as usual. I could um, I could still connect. Even From a distance. Just I could do check. it like on my phone and listen to it or something. Well, yeah, sure that's the okay. thing. Like last Sunday, I was supposed to have two hours of Ann Archer Butcher, which we were going to cover an amazing, amazing. And we did, in fact, amazing healing stories. Her husband, Alden, and, yeah. and energy medicine. And it's like, oh, then her connection out. was not good. Yeah, yeah. And I couldn't hear it in my headphones of all things. I didn't know it was that bad. I saw the video right. was choppy, but it was unusable. So it was a warm up to when I get her on again. But yep. we'll see what I can do. Yeah, I think she can she can probably tell the story again. Oh yeah, no problem. <sighs> Any other announcements or updates, breaking news before we break for sort of the weekend? Uh I don't think so. This next uh week coming up, we've got uh Dr. Joe Wang. We had to reschedule him. Um on hour one. He apparently he co authored an article in the Epic Times with Jennifer Margulis. Oh, okay, yeah. Not Margulis. Yes, you got it. Uh, and then we'll have uh, our friends from Nutritional Frontiers on in hour two because it's the first Tuesday of Sweet. of the month. I always love that. We're coming up on that August event faster than I realize. We have got Kelly Lester on Wednesday. Uh huh. This this is a Kevin booking here, so I don't know who Kelly Lester is. Okay. I'd like to tell you, but I can't. Um, on Thursday, we have Stephen Hallbrook on. Mm-hmm. That's another one. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I should, but I don't. I just yeah, don't. Know. Right, I right. don't have the info. And then uh, it looks like well, then we got uh, Doctor Michael Uphughes and Jason Hommel on uh, Friday. Jason Hommel uh, has got something going on called the Copper Revolution. Oh, cool! We get to talk copper. You copper. know, it's funny that'll be yeah. Friday. I'll be at the uh, Red Pill Expo, but I think it's technically Saturday, Sunday for that event. So mm-hmm. I'll be live from, I guess, the hotel somewhere somehow. And, yeah, I can, should, should be able to do remote Yeah, because, yeah, it looks yeah. like you fly out Thursday, and then you're going to be in Indianapolis for the Red Pill Expo next weekend. Yeah, let me see. My flight is later, so actually we can go live on Thursday. There's no, there's no conflict. I made it so it's a later flight, uh, and I'll get into Indianapolis very late, but it's okay because Friday it will, it will be an off day technically except for the show and getting ready for the Red Pill Expo. 
said there's a lot of details and they stream that live around the world too and then make it available later so when mm -hmm. i'm emceeing they always say be aware that it's not just the people in that room that you're talking to uh, but i know how, i know how to do that i don't want to be cocky or anything but i know how to do that but yes i, I appreciate they got a good av sure. team that i've worked with before when i i did that event a couple of years ago so looking forward to that also and, coming up this month we've got a couple of of um really cool things that we're going to be introducing Mm -hmm. one is a uh we've been working on this behind the scenes but we you know we've talked about zeolites here on the show yes uh off and on and there is a particular zeolite here that we're going to be introducing to you guys mm -hmm. uh, around the middle of the month and that's all i'm going to tell you yeah and we'll it's get clean, you more information leading up to clean that. clean clean that so clean that i even can use it and do so and then there's another thing that we've been looking at. We were, we were yeah. talking about uh, last month mm -hmm. that deals with online privacy. Mm. This is something called the Privacy Action Plan. And if you, you know, I know there are people here that are watching the show right now that really uh, make an effort to uh, make sure that they are secure when they're online, mm -hmm. that they, their privacy is very important to them. And there are some things that you can do in order to guarantee that whenever you are operating online using the internet, that mm -hmm. you there are steps you can take in order to be able to protect your privacy. Yeah. And so we have got a guest coming on, uh, and this will be uh, ne not next week, but the week after, Glenn mm -hmm. Meter, that will be on to talk to us about how you can do that. Yeah, great. Um, and so that's, that's something we've got coming up this month. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's do we got Marjorie Wildcraft coming back on the 15th. Okay. Um, Dr. Patrick Vickers will be on, on the 11th. Wow. Yeah. And this is a new one that I hadn't seen here. Mm. Uh, the sisters of Liberty talk. Yeah, that's right. I, I don't know if they've got a website or anything, but they saw me speak at some events and they've invited me to their group. You're be on their a, show. So I don't know. I don't think it's a show. I think it's actually, I got to show up at wherever. Oh, is it an event? That. Yeah, like I'm. Oh, speaking. you're right. You're right. Yeah. It's, a, it's like a class or something like that. Look at yeah. you. Yeah. Right, so, cool. anyway, so cool, cool things happening this month. Yeah, dude, it's going bonkers, and t I, I, I'm not going I, 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 again. So, <laughs> we'll get through it together, uh, or separately. I don't know, but sign up for email alerts if you haven't we'll get already. Through it one way or another. Yeah. Yes. Uh, text the 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 my initials RSB to two two eight two eight to get part of the be part of the uh, email alert system. And Super Don, your poll question of the day was pretty straightforward. Do you have yes, that available? I do. Hold on. Okay. The question of the day. Mm -hmm. I thought, hey, we're uh, we're we're coming up on Fourth of July. Yeah. So the question is, how would the signers of the Declaration of Independence feel about the way the U.S. is today? Please, now, disappointed or unsure? I think you forgot one word. <laughs> pissed. Off or two words. Yeah, uh, well, that would be a very strong disappointed, but yeah. I don't think we're too surprised by the results. Ninety-four point. That's about as big a majority as you get. Ninety-five. Yeah, I don't think I've ever had one that, that's that 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 big yeah. of a. <laughs> that's pretty straight up there, right? <laughs> a margin. So the question is, you know, we could just sit here and oh, it sucks. Yeah. Question is, what are you going to do about it? Mm -hmm. And um, you know, the government is corrupt. So now what? That is a headline from our friend Tom Rents. I'm going to see if we can get him on next week. He just wrote that on a substack that was released today. Oh, that'd be the great. government is corrupt. 
So now what? So now what? Yeah. I want to get him on because he's got some very practical tips and, and advice beyond on have what a it beer. is that we can do now. Yeah. And you know what? Yeah. You know, we need to find you a good organic non-alcoholic beer. That's that right. You, you can just swing one back right. on the air, right? <laughs> yeah, because look, I've had organic beers, but as I've told you, I'm a lightweight. I yeah. don't drink per se. I mean, I'm not so averse that, oh, if I have a little sip of something, I'm going to, oh my gosh. But it's like I can drink, let's say, look at this, in the bottom of the bottle or a glass, about that mm. much, and I'll yeah. already feel tipsy. That's all it takes. So I'm like, no, I don't need that. That's it. Just that little bit. And I'm missed it by that much. Right. Uh, so, but yes, I like beer. I acknowledge that I like the, t- so I'm a beer guy, but I don't drink it. I have some non alcoholic options. They're not the best, but they're better than, yeah. So, if I have a really nice craft organic beer, that's about as much as I could drink to appreciate it. And that's it. I'm done. So, there you go. Super Don's prepping for the weekend now. All right. We're about wrapped up here, Super D. I know you got stuff going on. Still no baby, though, huh? No grandbaby? No new grandbaby? Oh, I think we're close, but I've yeah. said that before. I know. Sneeze. I know. Yeah. Oh, Kazuntai. Labriut. That's that's Hebrew. Labriut. <sighs> okay. Yes. Doing okay. Right. I think we're close. Okay. She's more than ready. Tomorrow mm-hmm. is her due date. Mm-hmm. And so if it doesn't happen in the next few days, I think we're going to probably end up figuring out some way to induce, but we'll see. Yeah. Michael I say Bolin. we as if I'm a part yeah. of it. But Michael know. Bolden, happy Independence Day. Have a great weekend. You too, my brother. Uh, let's see. Hal Brook is one of the top historians on the right to keep and bear arms. Somebody talking about that? Okay, we'll get him on. Okay. Yeah, Cook. Bolden. Cook Bolden. Bolden. Um, let's see. Organic, non-alcoholic beer. Isn't that a kombucha? Well, you know what? <laughs> when I was at the Next Steps conference at T.S. Severino. Kombucha is not, not non-alcoholic, though. It's got it for a little bit. but It's got enough in there that you can yeah. just kind of feel it. You'd probably be able to feel it. Yeah. The, what? Remember, I think, who was it? Somebody, oh, you know what? My friends from Mount Dora, when, uh, Jackie and John, they had the, the Kratom store, right? Mm-hmm. And they gave me this. I think it was a can. I don't remember. It was a bottle or a can, but it was a kombucha and kratom combination. I believe it was, or it was a kombucha CBD, something along those lines. And it was so good when I was drinking this thing and it wasn't alcohol. It was like, I'm, it's during the award ceremony. I was like, I was like feeling great. I was like, this is great. I didn't feel like uh, well, alcohol tipsy, right? But I was just like, yeah. wow, it was really relaxing. I wish I could remember that because I want to get a case of that stuff. If John and Jackie are listening, shout out to whoever made that <laughs> stuff. It was a kombucha kratom combination or a com- I just don't remember. Yeah. It was really good. So right. if I find that out, I'll let you know. But I think I mentioned it maybe on the air on one of the shows around the time of the uh, Next Steps conference. Again, shout out to Tia Severino for doing an amazing job of not backing down the so-called anti-fascism, which we're not right. anti-fascist, Antifa. That's silly. Tom Petty you know, would uh, be proud. Yeah, she didn't back down. That's right. So thank you all for being here. Um, great, great time. Um, thank you to Courtney Turner. Thank you to Naomi Wolf. Thank you to all of y'all. And, uh, man, blessings be unto you. And uh, if, if, if God willing or however you'd say it, a bad narc can get back out of the hospital, I will pre-record with him uh, somehow, some way. If not, you know, we'll figure it out. And uh, Super Don will be a grandpa again real soon. And I know that your daughter will be pleased that that will be done. I will let you know. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. You guys have a good weekend and uh, have a good fourth.
Yeah, Independence Day. Find a reason to celebrate, please. Yeah, yep. don't blow off any f- fingers. No please. fingers, no eye patches. Come on. Right. Yeah. Careful. All right, guys. We'll see you later. later. later.